and welcome to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. My name is Jesse, and I'll be your host. So on today's episode, we are going to head out to the middle of nowhere in Texas, and we're going to like happen upon this like weird house, and then I guess also try to run away from these like crazed cannibals who are trying to kill us and eat us. But you know, with all that being said, though, so today we're going to do a little something different on the show that we normally would do. As if you couldn't already tell, we're going to be doing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Because for for me this movie a uh, series of movies really it gives me those like uh fall vibes it gives me the november type vibes things like that right uh so that's why i thought to cover it on the show but i also have an expressed reason of why i want to do this because i have one of my lovely friends and guests of the podcast this is one of his favorite uh franchises of horror uh so i wanted to bring him on and and have this conversation about these these films and we'll get into it we'll chop it up all about it but you know him best from our episodes on sorority babes and slimeball bolorama we just did uh the sorority row episode we also did one on oh just introduce self pickens jesus it was slumber party massacre there you go there you go there you go um sorry i'm late (laughs) i was just having this really good barbecue at this random gas station just now yum oh my god listen i didn't mean to be so aggressive but you know i was just was like listen fuck it you already know i mean pretty much pickens will come on for any 80s movie 80s horror movie i do i'll um, just come on for anything or on it? anyone oh wow okay hopefully consensually though i mean really oh, anyway so, yeah but uh anyway but it's fine <laughs> Anyway, uh, but yes, I I would like to start off though. So Pickens, we'll get into your your history about Texas Chainsaw and you know all that kind of stuff. But I do want to just start off uh, with a, a little thing here, and I also want to give you the floor for a story apparently that you have. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, I was gonna do this episode on just the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974 uh, with this young man on the pod uh, sometime last year, uh, like when I was first starting or whatever, uh, the show and everything. And well, I, I, so I messaged him and I was saying, hey, Pickens, like, you know, I love your work. You know, Danny DeVito, I love your work. And I was like, okay, like, let's, you know, let's do this. So I FaceTimed him. He gave me his actual telephone number and we FaceTimed. Um, I was like on my phone or on my computer or or something like that, whatever. And we were talking, we were going to have, we had this whole thing of like, oh, we'll just do the Texas Chainsaw movie. We'll do the one movie because it's one of your favorites. I I love it too. But like, we'll we'll talk about that. But like, then it ended up turning into, we talked about a bunch of the sequels of this movie. And then we ended up coming back and talking about the actual movie and like the plot and all that kind of shit. But then um, guess what? I didn't record any of that, everybody. I am recording it right now, our conversation, so we won't miss it. Uh, but yeah, we literally talked on the um, literal telephone for like uh, like a good uh, almost two hours. It was, and, it was uh, two and a half hours. It was two and a half hours. Wow, literally two and a half hours because we couldn't shut up. We're all like old heads, like really. And anyway, so we literally talked for like that long because this is these are a lot of movies. And if anything, it was a good way to get to know Pickens, uh, honestly. And I'm kind of happy it worked out that way because really I've gotten better at um, actually recording shit and doing that kind of thing. I got a Zoom 
membership, <laughs> you know, so I won't have shit going on. I know I'm fancy. I put it on a credit card, but you know, whatever. Because, you know, if I'm going to be the big times, I got to get my shit together, right? <laughs> but anyway, but I am glad it, it is a moment that sticks out to me is just being funny of like when you're starting off podcasting or whatever. But like, you know, I also liked it because it did get me, it got me to know Pickens a little bit more at that time. Um, and also just finding out about how he much he likes these movies. And you, I already knew you were like a horror gay, obviously. Hearing about, you know, your your thoughts on each of these movies and all this kind of stuff, I, I thought it would be better for us to just tackle the franchise as opposed to just one singular movie. So something tells me that I may not do singular episodes for these movies because mama, there's a lot. And we're going to go over a bunch of it today. Hopefully it won't take two and a half hours, but we'll see anyway but uh but pickens enough of me talking i want to hear from you though like what is it about this series that that you like and what is it that makes it one of your like favorite horror franchises out there and uh and yeah i just want to hear a little bit about that i would say it was the first one for sure was one of the first like horror movies that i saw basically you know i think i I caught the original on television uh, at some time, like one of the like either it was AMC or like one of those other like random channels that were showing it during Halloween, TNT, um, TBS, whatever. Yeah, one of the, one of them, and it just you know it it a it scared me like that was that was the big one. It was actually like because like I, Halloween didn't really scare me. Like I love Halloween, but like it wasn't scary to me. Same with Friday the Thirteenth, um, but this one actually like scared me like because you know it's it's believable it it feels like it could happen to you and i just love how chaotic the like no no texas chainsaw massacre is the same like all of them are so different you know they're all different vibes different feelings some are trying to be like super scary some are you know kind of like dark comedy silly ridiculous some are just awful and there's no there's no consistency to it, and I that's, I kind of respect it for that. You know, it's just kind of crazy, but yeah, that's yeah my whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree with what you're saying because this, in terms of just consistency through the franchise, there is none, as you said. But I completely agree with you because this is one of those movies um, that. Actually, I would say also scared me too, because I remember watching this. I remember uh, I was like nine years old or something, you know, in the trailer park uh, where I lived. And I had a friend who um, it was a girl and we were like friends or whatever. And like we she ended up having like her mom or something had a copy of this movie. And I thought, oh, bitch, I'm like, I love me some horror movies, you know, whatever. I like Carrie. Like, why not? Right. And so I was like, all right, let's try to watch it. I got through the first like two minutes of this movie where it's just like, you know, all that. And it's like just this gross, like corpses and shit like that. And bitch, when that like corpse is on the fucking gravestone, I was like, hey, yo, Mo, we can't do this. Like, this is not with the slime. With the I can't slime. do it. Just, uh... I literally was like i can't do this like we need to i need to turn this off like i can't do it um and then i came back to it years later obviously and then you know ended up watching it but bitch it scared me and it does movies do not scare me like that like like that you know what i mean so i um 
I definitely can understand that. But I also think what's really cool about this, I would I would say it's not my favorite franchise. However, Leatherface is my my favorite villain. I, I love me some Leatherface. He's my sweet, sweet boy. And, you know... I would uh, agree he, with you. It's not my favorite him. franchise, but yes, yeah. great villain and just, you Amazing. know, great setup for sure. Totally, totally. Like, I love that villain. Leatherface is awesome. I mean, of course, we got to give it to, like, Chucky and, like, all that stuff. Like, love. But, like... No, Leatherface is also great too. Like, I, I don't know what it is. Like, he just, I just like him. Um, but yeah, so that's just like my history with the movie. We heard about your history and all that stuff. Uh, I do want to give you the floor though, before we hop into these movies and talk about this. Now, um, uh, listeners, I guess you'll hear this like uh, in the middle of November ish or so. So I don't know. Something tells me it won't. Uh, the movie, The Exorcist Believer, uh, came out last month. And uh, our boy here, Pickens. Bitch, it came out, yes, like, this weekend. Well, yes, because oh, we're... Oh, yes, sorry, in the yeah. context of November. Sorry, <laughs> yes. yes. So this came out, like, a month ago, okay? But you, when we're recording this, it came out yesterday or whatever the hell, right? Anyway, so... Um, <laughs> it's fine. I'm leaving it in. Fuck it. Uh, but anyway, so... So with The Exorcist Believer, you know, this is like a continuation of The Exorcist franchise and all that shit, right? And so... Another 70s um, franchise, so it's relevant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, okay. And so uh, our our boy Pickens here has a story that he would like to share. I don't know what the story is, so please tell me about your experience with seeing um, The Exorcist Believer then. So first of all, I want to say that God gives his hardest battles to his strongest warriors. I just wanted to say that. My friend surprised me for my birthday. He said, we're going to go to brunch and then we're going to go see Exorcist Believer. I was like, all right, cool. Um, So where we went to go see it was at a mall uh, at the AMC and right across the street, right, like literally right next door from this uh, theater is the Cheesecake Factory. So we go to Cheesecake Factory, we have brunch, we have cocktails and we go to the theater. Now, this AMC is the one that has the MacGuffin's Bar. So we're, like, excited about it to be... It's a Sunday right now. We walk in, and it's about, like, 2.15 p.m., and the bar is closed. That's not the vibe, Mama. That is not what we wanted. We need alcohol to see this movie. So we go up to the concession stand. This beautiful woman uh, was standing there, and we said, Hello, we're seeing The Exorcist today. And we can't be sober for this because this movie is going to be garbage. And she was like, "Mm, I need to call my manager. It might take a minute. How about this? Go to the Cheesecake Factory, take a shot, come back. The bar will be open. And we're like, okay. So we walk to the Cheesecake Factory, back, back to the Cheesecake Factory. We order a shot. We do one. We come back and sure enough, that bar is open. And so we got our cocktails. We walk in. Now, I'll be completely fair and honest. The previews were amazing. So many good movies are coming out. Argyle, uh, Thanksgiving, the Eli Roth slasher movie, incredible. And the first 30 minutes of the movie were good. Very, very good. After that, no, 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 no. That's Exorcist Believer. I'm not a believer. Absolutely not. It was it it was silly, stupid, and zero character development, and just 
a dumb plot and really honestly the worst part about this movie about demon possession was the demonic possession i'll i'll end with this basically the first one's very concise it is girl gets possessed by a demon and you know there's this like whole like you know she goes to psychiatrists doctors everything this one kind of fast forwards to that and there is a priest a baptist minister and a vague African voodoo woman all doing the exorcism. Oh, and a nurse who wanted to be a nun, but never was accepted all for trying to do the exorcism. So they're all yelling over each other for the last like 20 minutes. It was a hot mess, but yes, that was, that, that was the exorcist's belief. Well, thank you for that story, Pickens. I do appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, the exorcist isn't exactly my bag either. Like I'm not like a, huge person on it i think the first one's pretty good um oh no 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 no. the first one is a masterpiece yeah it's pretty good yeah it's pretty good though i mean i really do like it's so cool um if you haven't already done so go listen to this ends at prom they just uh did a episode on um the exorcist so they talk about you know the relationship between reagan and you know chris mcneil and all that stuff and it's, it's actually really good and um I was listening to it at work this last week, but yes. Yeah, so, I mean, th- that's cool. You know, fine, fine. It has one of the scariest jump scares or whatever, uh, you know, the third one or whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. Which they also didn't very do very well. And um, they didn't do it very well in a uh, black Christmas 2019. But anyway, um, you know, but it, it's unfortunate though, that, you know, this, uh, that movie didn't really do i don't know it it didn't it wasn't serving what it was trying to serve mama i don't think it was it all. didn't actually my friend caitlin who has an incredible podcast called plug it up podcast uh-huh, just messaged uh-huh. me and she says i keep calling it exorcist believer like for the justin bieber fans oh yes, <laughs> yeah love it yeah and yeah. The, the whole thing is that one of the we're not going to spoil it i guess but like one of the girls I, it's like in the fucking like preview of like oh one of the girls is gonna die because they both can't live or whatever i don't give a shit which one dies but whatever uh, and i will also say it's as the I was one on... you think it will it's the one you okay. when you watch the movie you're like oh it's very obvious yeah got it got it anyway so uh but what i will say is that i was on youtube today you know because of reasons i was watching things and i uh i came across i think last night i saw the thanksgiving trailer i was like is this fucking real like are you kidding me but i'm happy for um milo my manheim getting work i'm very happy for him about that and pickens is also an addison ray uh girly so cool for him i guess but anyway but I did see there's a preview that was an ad on a video I was watching and it was the exorcist believer and it literally ripped off. It, oh my God. It ripped off the scroll from Texas chainsaw massacre. Like literally like completely and utterly. And I was like, am I watching, am I seeing this right now? Like I was watching some episode about like some movie I was watching. I was like watching and explained about it or whatever the hell. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like they ripped that right off. I mean, I get it. It's not like the most, you know, whatever the fuck, but I was just like, come on now. Like we've seen this many, so many times. Uh, Yeah. And I think from the general consensus of, you know, 
the letterbox to users and you know all that kind of stuff is that uh they also are not believers either so pickens you are not in um incorrect in your assumption although everyone has opinions and you may have been really you know uh you it might have really turned your your pussy out you know what i mean and good for you but i'm i'm gonna watch it at my home when i don't have to pay like 20 dollars to watch it wait for streaming that's all i'll say the first 30 minutes good the rest bad wait for streaming i'll wait for streaming because i'll just judge it in my house like it, it, that's fine with me i i like that part uh not having to literally go to a theater um but i'm glad that you were able to get drinks that was very nice of that girl um as we normally do on the show uh i do want to go into uh, a little bit about these movies now i did have to get reminded of how many movies there are so we're talking about nine different movies that span literally almost 50 years just about um so you know we're not gonna dive deep deep into every single one however we will do a cursory kind of like hey this is what the movie is like here's what it's about um here's some of the characters in it if we you know remember them or whatever um and we also want to start off with this as well so yeah there's nine movies so we're gonna start off though with our we normally would do this at the end but pickens wants to do it now and i am totally um okay with that uh that we want to do our rankings because since our conversation that i did not record uh, i have watched all these movies now because i had not watched the the renee delweger one uh, but now i've watched it and i have thoughts but anyway so how do you want to do this do you want to just do um like back and forth like you know from worst to best i think that might be fun um yeah let's do, do something like that no no let's, let's do best to worst because i have okay. a yeah yeah okay yeah. okay gotcha all right so i um will i will start because it's my show and i can do what i would like um okay so it's no surprise that for me at least the penultimate movie is the 1974 version like it's just it's just everything it, it feels musty and dusty it feels gross because it was gross and this is just a movie that i mean it scared the shit out of me when i was a kid so that already gives it like you know number one where it was like it really did fucking scare me so for me at least that is my number one that is my i absolutely agree with you my number one is the original it just has this like it it has this quality to it like it just it feels real when you're watching it it just you know it's so natural it it's so within its time that it now just feels like a period piece, but also like modern and also like just, I'll get more into it when we like start like more dissecting the film, but like, it's, it's just, it's so good. It's such a good horror film. And, you know, it really was ahead of its time. It was so ahead of its time. And also like, you know, with the title Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they were trying for a PG rating. So like, you know, it's not as gruesome as you're going to think it is, but it is more gruesome just because of how they like edit the film and make it, you you fill in the blanks with your mind and it's more terrifying that way. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I mean, that's what it is and, and we can get it all into that. So yeah, Texas Chainsaw for me, that is the number one. So my number two, um, actually almost goes in uh, chronological order because my second favorite one is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I love this movie. Um, I think uh, Caroline Williams does such a good job as Stretch. I think she's pretty good in the role, um, you know, and I think Dennis Hopper does a really good job in that movie as well. Um, I think he's really good. And this movie is, I, if anything, and we'll talk about it when we talk about the movie, but it 
it is Toby Hooper still directing it. Um, but I think what he wanted from the original um, was to have that comedy in there. And this is that for him. He gets to have this dark, dark comedy uh, elements in there. Um, but I just think like, I just love this movie. I don't own it or anything. I don't own any of these movies, actually, weirdly enough. I know the 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 surprise Pikachu face that uh, Pickens gave me. I know I need to get on my shit. But anyway, but Texas Chase of Massacre 2 for me, like I really like that movie. I think it's a ride. I just really love it. And for me, that is my kind of number. That's my number two. I just really like it. It's fucking weird. And uh, oh, Bill Mosley's great in it. Like, it's just everything about it is like for me. Uh, it's definitely my number two because I, I just like how kind of weird and crazy it is. We're already on board. So basically, the difference between Texas Chainsaw Massacre one and Texas Chainsaw Massacre two are about like this, like super, like sometimes uh, the second one is my favorite. Sometimes the first one's my favorite. Right now, it's the first one. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two is so great because again. And I think that was the whole thing is like, how do you make a sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre? You know, like, how do you follow up that one? And you could either try to just do the exact same thing again. And it'd be, and I feel like if it, they did do that, it would be generic, boring, awful. Or you could, li- because as you said, the original one did have some dark comedy elements to it that were vague, like, very vague and like people didn't get that because the movie was terrifying so it's like instead of that why don't we just go lean in into that dark comedy and just go for it and again, caroline williams incredible stretch great oh god what's his name uh tj or jd or yeah lefty her, like, left yeah yeah um he's you know all the characters are so great. And like, you know, the o, like the OG cast returns, Bill Mosley's incredible. But, you know, it, it takes place at like a Disney World kind of remember the Alamo kind of amusement park kind of thing. And like, it's just, it's so outlandish. And the the guy that did the makeup effects for, uh, for this movie and Friday the 13th. Tom Savini. Tom Savini. Tom Savini's makeup effects are incredible. And... Unlike the first one, this one is actually a chainsaw massacre. It is so the oh my god, it's so good. Bloody as a bloody as anything, yeah. It is. I love this movie so much. Oh my god, the ending with her. Okay, yeah, yeah. When we get into it, yeah, we'll talk about it. Oh, also, spoiler alert. I mean, we're gonna spoil all these fucking movies, so they're old as hell. So whatever. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, that's my that's my number two for sure, for sure. My number three. Uh, you may be happy to hear this, Pickens. I don't know. Um, is I for my number three. I love the Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation. I will say this much: Is it a good movie? Absolutely not. However, is it entertaining to me? Yes, I thought it was entertaining, but it is not a good movie, kind of at all. But for the bad movie sake of it all, I I kind of like it personally. Um, I think that you know the choices that are made in this movie. I mean, just like uh, obviously, this is the movie where um, if you don't already know, like um, this is before Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger were like household names. Um, this is, I think, right after Matthew McConaughey had been in Days and Confused. Uh, this is while this is also around the time that, like, um, 
I think like I think um, Renee Zellweger had been in like reality bites for like the minute she's in that movie, um, but she hadn't been in Jerry Maguire yet. But this ended up coming out right around that same time and they capitalized they ended up releasing it um and they capitalized on the fact that two of these people ended up becoming famous um so yes is it a good movie no but but i don't give a shit it's really entertaining um and honestly it's a different kind of take on it um and if you go into it knowing that it's a bad movie but you get some sort of sense of enjoyment out of that um I don't know. I think you I think you can enjoy it if you go into it knowing it's not a great movie whatsoever. Um and yeah. But and some and people hate this movie so much. They a lot of people really hate it. I don't hate it as much because I just think it's like kind of great though. <laughs> um but yeah, that's that's my thought on on that. So I'm gonna show you my notes because for a second we almost agreed. Um I don't know if you can see it. I don't think you can, it doesn't matter. Originally, I did put Next Generation for my third one, but I did switch it. I did switch it for the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just because... Fair enough. Minus Jessica Biel screaming, which is awful. I do do consider the remake to be a better film, even though I love Next Generation. I do have to give the remake... It is technically a better film, in my opinion. But I do love Next Generation, and that was originally my third until I was like, actually, no, we're swapping it. Gotcha, that makes sense. And then it's funny because, you know, we might be similar because my fourth, uh, for me at least, is actually the Texas Chainsaw remake, which I will be watching tomorrow, actually, because uh, I'm doing, uh, well, you would you'd already see this, but like... Uh, haunted hippie on youtube's doing a watch list challenge or whatever and uh on the day that we're well tomorrow i guess i think it's the 9th of october um and so that day is uh a movie starring your favorite villain i already said that you know he's my sweet boy so of course and i wanted to choose one so um it's on max right now so that's why i'm gonna watch it um but yeah but my four is the texas chainsaw massacre um 2003 i definitely pirated this when i was 11 years old at that time and i i do like it i think it's really good um i think like the cast is uh, kind of who's who of people. And we'll talk about that, I guess, when we get into it, but like, you know, um, I think it, it, it cut off, it started off the remake train that came in the two thousands um, because, you know, yeah. How do you remake this movie? And I think there are plenty of people who do kind of a, they, they do prefer this movie, the 2003 movie, as opposed to the you know 1974 one, which I kind of get, but I do like it. It's my number four. I really do enjoy it. Again, there's some things that don't work for me uh, exactly, like putting Jessica Biel in 70s, like no, but whatever. Uh, but you know, overall, I I do like it for the most part, and uh, and yeah, I, I will say that much. And the trailer is really good too. The trailer is so iconic. Oh my god, the trailer is so iconic. It's so good. Uh, we can talk about it too. But anyway, yeah. But that's my number four is. Texas Chainsaw 2003. I totally agree with you with the trailer. I am obsessed with that trailer. The you know this the this the uh over the mortal coil song and like you know the whole song to like, the siren is what it's called. Um, Go look it up. Yeah. Um 
apparently originally i think the original trailer was supposed to be just like complete darkness and you would hear like a like you would hear like a chainsaw revving up basically and it was deemed too scary oh my god you can watch it on youtube there's somebody who's put it mm-hmm. out there of what it is and that mm-hmm. shit is really scary it is. It, it's it funny is. because it it partly is so it's still kind of in the official trailer of that part mm-hmm. it's just there's literally no picture mm-hmm. like there's literally it's just a right. black screen and all this and they end up um uh, but they 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 use the same kind of tactic in the actual trailer. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just thought that was really good. So yeah. that is my number four. Um, yes. So for and, that, yeah. And so my number four is the next generation, which is yeah. the it's it's campy, it's mm-hmm. fun, and it as you said, it is you know Matthew McConaughey, Renee Zellweger, mm-hmm. who tried to sue uh, the company because they immediately once it became popular, they're like. They're in this movie. Watch it. Right, and they yeah. were like, "No, no, I don't want to. I, no, we're not associated." It's like, "No, y'all, y'all did it. Y'all did but, it. <laughs> and y'all did a good job. You'll, you, you were, yeah. you were given what you were given. Sure. And, and it just seems like everyone was having fun with it. It's stupid. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hashtag Leatherface is a drag queen in that one. Essentially, it's uh, pretty it's much. Yeah. yeah, we love it. So yeah, yeah like you know it. That and I think that's why I put the 2003 one above it, just because you know, yes, it is it is actually scary, like the first one. My my only issue with the re- we'll we'll get into that actually. Never we'll get it into it later. But yeah, we'll, that, we'll talk yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. We'll anyway, so yeah, so then I never thought I would say this in my life, but <laughs> all right. So I think we were on number five now. So my number five is so surprising to me, but you know what? I didn't fucking hate it. Uh, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 from Netflix. I don't give a fuck because listen, I hated that movie when it first came out and I still don't think it's the best film in the world. However, uh, oh yeah, like it's not like there's parts of it that are not very good. However, Alice Krieg is there. Love that. Uh, she's in it for like, seven minutes whatever fine um but also uh it's a texas chainsaw massacre bitch like it is you know it is you see blood and all that shit uh it is so fucking weird um but here's the thing with all of these other movies i think i would watch it before any of those other movies personally i mean that's that's my thought i hated it when it came out though oh my god and i said again i still don't love it however it's not the worst thing in the world. I thought it was dumb and fun. I mean, I don't know. Uh, after you've watched it at least like another time or two, you're just like, you know what? It, it's similar to me, like with the next generation. Like, I mean, for me, like I put that above it, but like for me, I'm like, this movie's just dumb and fun. And you know what? I'm just, I, I'm just bathing myself in it. Why the fuck not? Um, Cause yeah, the rest of this shit uh, anyway, but that's my number five. My, that one is actually one below this one. The one I put was the prequel to the remake, the beginning, only because I I think it had a good premise. I okay, first of all, it was 
I, I forget, I think it was from 2006 or 2005. It was, it was close enough to the remake. It was 2006. My favorite thing was, is that this movie was supposed to take place in the sixties, but everyone's wearing low riding jeans. Like, you know, period accurate. Absolutely not. Also, it just, I don't know. It had really good kill scenes, like really good, like gore effects and a great chase scene. Um, and a, a surprising ending that when we get into the movie, we'll actually talk about. But like the ending was like, oh, my God. But it makes sense when you actually watch the movie. You're like, oh, obviously. Duh. Um, so, yeah, I I like that. Um, the Netflix movie is actually my next one is below that one. Uh, it's number six. And agreed. It's not a good movie, but like it's fun. Like. They try to cancel Leatherface. They literally put put up the phone. You're canceled, bruh. Like, oh you know. God, so stupid. So stupid. Yeah. And then but like, um, yeah. You like it. You like it. It's so yeah. That, yeah, and and there there and some of the things I didn't like about that particular like remake again, I think it was just really weird. Um, the school shooter stuff, I was like, uh, what the fuck? Oh, like the shooter honey. survivor thing. We'll talk about it. Um, so there's that. Um, but I do like you know how like it's talking about. Well, we'll get into it anyway. So my number six though, I think it's my number six if I'm not mistaken, is actually that one. So it is the beginning. Um, so for me at least, um, I saw this movie not too long after it came out i feel like you know because again I, I watched the original one or i watched the by this point i probably had watched the original one at some point but like um the remake i had watched and i wanted to watch this one for me at least uh, again i think we'll talk about arlie ermy as well because i think he is very big on those remakes at least those first those two that they did but yeah a lot of the other people i was just like man like i don't know i just didn't like i didn't like it that much for me for me um and yeah jordana brewster should not be a final girl i'm sorry uh but we'll, we'll talk about it but yeah that's my number six is it's um the texas chainsaw the beginning uh for me at least so yeah uh, and then I guess we'll talk about my number seven. So my number seven is, uh, so my number seven is, and we'll talk about Pickens's in a minute. Uh, mine is a Leatherface from 2017, um, which I actually went on Australian Shutter to watch because it wasn't streaming when I wanted to watch it uh, back in when I was going to do this podcast episode before. <laughs> um, anyway, because I wanted to watch all the movies. I think what's not great to me about Leatherface 2017 is it's very forgettable from to me a little bit um it, it's forgettable but also like i feel like it's being gross for gross sake kind of a thing i don't even really remember that movie that much i mean i'll have to i'll have to i'll get a refresher i'm sure a little bit um it's streaming on hbo racks right now i think a lot of them are right now but i just didn't really have a need to want to watch that again um and yeah, for me, they're trying to talk about like, how did Leatherface become who he is? All this kind of stuff. And for me, it just did not work. Uh, so yeah, Leatherface, I believe is my number seven. Um, I didn't love it really, but that's just, that's my opinion. But I'm glad Lily Taylor got work. Good for her. My number seven is actually the other Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Basically, but also for the same reason, it's just kind of just forgettable, but the only reason why I put it over the other Leatherface is just because 
um, the little girl who actually was the same little girl, I think in Friday the 13th part seven, she was having fun. And yes. Uh, also, uh, God, Ken, what's his name? That Ken Foray. Yeah. He was incredible. He was great. Um, so it, that, that kind of redeems it a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's just so forgettable and like, just not fun. Same with the other Leatherface movie, which right. is just like, why are we doing this, y'all? Why we we don't need no? Why we don't need a prequel? Like, let's stop that. Yeah, yeah, that was for me especially. Like, I just was like, what are we doing? Also, this is 2017. Like, and oh, we'll we'll talk about it in a minute. But uh, so okay, for me at least, uh, with <laughs> with my number eight. Um, so I, I guess I'll just say what my last one is too. So my last one for me is um Leatherface three, the third one, Leatherface. A reason for that is because I literally don't remember it hardly. Like I don't know even what happens in there hardly. Um, so th- to me, like that's kind of a sign of like, oh god, like you know, uh, <laughs> like this is not great because I can't even remember half of it. I think it's brother and sister apparently or something or some shit like that. I just I don't fucking know. So that was my number nine. So the Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw three is my number nine, which means my number eight is Texas Chainsaw 3D from 2013. And I, my God, Pickens is looking at me right now with his eyes, beautiful, beautiful eyes. Listen, so like, it's near the bottom. It's number eight, Pickens, okay? But listen, so I went on a diatribe about this movie on Letterboxd because if you look at my review on Letterboxd, follow me at Cult Cinema Circle. But anyway, um, I did go on a diatribe about this movie because this movie is not good at all and we'll get to hear about what pickens thinks of it in a little bit as well but uh oh yeah no it was and you know what i'll even give alexander daddario she was not bad in that movie not completely but you know what everything else is really bad everything else is awful like oh my god and you know what i'm pissed about you know what i'm pissed about is that i have some movie I think it was Days of Confused or something like that. Some shit where I was watching it one day on Blu-ray because I have that in Fast Times at Richmond High on the same Blu-ray or whatever. Or whatever. Um, and I was watching Days of Confused and I was looking at the previews or whatever. And the previews had that movie, the Texas Chainsaw 3D movie. And I was like, what the fuck? Why is this? Why? Because for what? Because this movie is not very good. So why are you making it look like coach, it's good? Like, I can't. Like, I can't. Anyway, so yes. Pickens, what is your, like... I guess, what is your eight and nine, I guess? Oh, well, my eight was Leatherface, the prequel one. I'm just going to... Okay, yeah, yeah. So, I'm just going to review to everyone my list just before I get to my last one, which I think sure, we sure. now know what it is. So, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the 1974. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Uh... Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the remake, The Next Generation, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Begins, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Netflix, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, and then Leatherface. And then I would say any fan-made film of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, any fan-made YouTube uploaded film of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, then any movie that has the word, the title Massacre in the film, like Nailgun Massacre, uh, Blender Massacre, Slumber Party Massacre. And Sorority then, House Massacre, Sorority Microwave House Massacre. Massacre. Then 
any film that just features a chainsaw at all in the movie. Completely. Don't forget about that video game either. Yeah. Then we will get to a barrel. Let's go to the bottom of the barrel. Let's say that barrel is full of complete feces. Let's dig beyond the bottom of the barrel and go down to beyond the valley of the dolls. Let's go as deep as we possibly can. And then maybe, maybe we might find something awful. And then right after that little stint of awful, we'll get into the ninth level of hell. And then after that, we will finally get to what is Texas Chainsaw 3D, which all I have to say for my my first review, because we will talk about this film, but what I will say is this one line, do your thing, cuz. And I'm going to tell you what, that's not even the worst line to me. I will have a conversation about that because yes. Um, anyway, so yes. Um, yeah, do you think because, oh God. So I gave this a one on Letterboxd while you were doing your diatribe against it. I want to give you my diatribe of it. Um, so, okay. Uh, I just, in bullet points, I watched this October 12th of 2022, which was literally almost a year ago now. What the fuck? Anyway, so, so this really is a year in the making. But anyway, so this opening sequence gave me foot pain for three days. Okay? It just did. Uh, the opening sequence is so bad. Oh, my God. Uh, again, spoilers. So, Bill Mosley is in here playing Drayton Sawyer because he actually did work with the original Drayton Sawyer in Texas Chainsaw 2, you know, meant that he needed a check. And I can't be mad at him for that. Okay. He needed a check, you know, convention money can't, you know, it, it's only gonna go so far. Okay. Gunnar Hansen's in this movie too. Okay. And he is in there. He also needed a check before he died. So I'm not mad at him for that either. RIP. Apparently he was an asshole though. When Pickens met him that one time, but you know, whatever, it's fine. The cop at the beginning of this movie cannot act is what i said i don't know who i'm talking about but it can't act okay song no not the cop he's not the cop oh no no. oh i'm sorry just trace but trace songs also yes absolutely completely yeah um yeah and he can't either the cop couldn't either oh that guy could not act very well uh leatherface's mask in the beginning looks like an actual halloween mask i'm not kidding like it really looks like they just went to party city went to spirit halloween and was like i need this okay let's just get this licensed mr merchandise this cgi fire this is a lot in the beginning to be honest with you because i just was mesmerized at what this was so the cgi fire makes me want to crawl in the fetal position similar to how it was in um in sorority row i'm not gonna lie okay there was no fire in there none at all okay so anyway i also said this movie just honestly hurts to watch i just i couldn't oh my god but i still watched it i watched it oh the sheriff in this movie looks like a model wearing a halloween costume (laughs) which she does i guess whoever the sheriff is i guess she's a female sheriff or something she just looks you know what she looked like you know what she probably looked like have you ever seen the silent hill movie Oh, yeah. Uh, you know the one uh, officer that serves looks? Oh, my God. She's serving so many looks. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, my God. Like, I think she looked like that, apparently. But in Silent Hill, which is also not, maybe not a great movie, but uh, but she's serving looks, though. So we love that. Uh, anyway, so then there's that. Uh, also, for me, we'll talk about it a little bit. Um, saying, welcome to Texas, motherfucker, while shooting a gun at Leatherface is honestly disrespectful. And we'll talk about that when we actually talk about the film. 
Adam Marcus can't write to save his life, to be honest. And I will give you another thing that he can watch uh, if you want to uh, is the final Friday. Jason goes to hell because he wrote that, which is the worst Friday the 13th movie. It's not good. It's that Manhattan. Like, it's not good, y'all. Okay, Leslie Nielsen, uh, Leslie Jordan deserved better anyway. So but also, though, honestly, uh, Leatherface throwing the chainsaw was kind of a serve, though. So I wanted to end on that. Um, So. Yeah, that was my diatribe on Letterboxd about it. Uh, but yes, so as we can already tell, listen, uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D is not the best film at, at all. Um, and we'll talk about that. It was 2013, y'all. We'll, we'll talk about it. All right, so we got our rankings out of the way, so y'all know how we feel about this. So let's go to these fucking movies, okay? And we're going to talk about each one of them, you know, all that kind of shit. Give you a little rundown of them. And we got the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, all right? This came out October 11th of 1974, back in the backpack, all right? And it's directed by Toby Hooper, written by him and Kim Henkel. Um, and it was shot by Daniel Pearl. It was distributed by this place called Brian briar bryanson distributing company and it's about 83 minutes long all right so um pickens do you have any like fun little history about this movie like how it came to be and things like that that you want to share or anything i will be uh full disclosure i did not do much research on any of these movies so you know listen but it's fine because that's what we have him for so it's all good (laughs) yeah so I know that Toby Hooper got the inspiration when he was in a hardware store in a long line, saw a chainsaw and was just like, I would just, I just want to get that chainsaw and just cut up everybody to get in front of this line. Cause apparently it was a long line and he kind of got that idea. And then he like kind of wrote this script, this movie. And he's like, Oh my God, yes, we'll do this. Um, originally the film was supposed to be called Stalking Leatherface or Head Cheese, which good titles, but you know, not really catchy. And yes, the big, the big shocking thing about this whole movie is that they were trying to go to a PG rating. They wanted this to be a general audience film. Uh, apparently the filming of this sucked because it was filmed in the summer in Texas, very hot, like hundred degree weather. And they only had one form, like they only had an outfit, like the corn syrup basically got caked onto the clothes they were wearing. And like uh, uh, Hunter, uh, who- Gunnar Hansen. uh, Gunnar Hansen, uh, apparently like just, it reeked because he was just sweating. Yeah, so he stank. Yeah. (laughs) So everyone stank, pretty much. Yeah, Also, all of the- yeah, all the animals, a lot of these animals that they used in here were like real animals, like, oh, like the, the meat that they used the went skeleton, bad. The human skeletons also were real skeletons. Yeah, like a yeah, meat, this just, meat went bad, mm-hmm. so it stunk in there. It was it, not a know. fun filming experience, and super low budget, like, I think they edited it in a garage, basically. This and... movie was about $800,000 adjusted for today. Mm-hmm. So, and back in then it was like, I think a little under, oh God, what was it? I'm looking at the $140,000 uh, in back then money. Mm-hmm. So for today, it's about 800000 That's not much when you're making a movie, everybody. No. And it was basically controlled by the mob, the same people that uh, distributed Deep Throat. So a lot of the cast, crew, and production and Toby Hooper 
actually really didn't even make a lot of money nope. from it because even though it was a massive success, like they right. barely made any money off of it. Yeah. None, not really a whole lot at all. Uh, and again, it's because people didn't, I, I don't think Toby Hooper knew exactly what to do. He just was coming out of film school not too long before. And like, you know, this feels like a fucking movie that you are, that you like found in your like friend's garage or something. It just feels like something where it feels like be. an after school special, like just like a, it feels like a documentary. It really it does. Like, it feels real, but yeah. the cinematography is like that scene where um uh Pam walks up to the house and like you know yes. you see the beautiful Texas sky and then it just slowly gets engulfed by the house and like yeah. you know. All of it's it. It's really beautiful. Yeah. And back to like them trying to make it PG, like, you know, they really try to like not show a lot of gruesome imagery. Yeah. You know, they like no cussing, anything like that. Yeah. But it was literally rated R just because it, like, I think the NPAA told them there's nothing you can do. It's just right. the subject matter and like just what is happening, like just we have to rate this R. There's just no way you can cut this to anything exactly. but an R. So, and, and and that's the, it's so effective that way. And it really yeah. is. It's terrifying. You are just, and my favorite thing about this movie, it, mm-hmm. and this adds the realism of it, is that like, you know, you're with five people, you're in a van. Mm-hmm. And when they're talking, it, it doesn't feel it, it just feels so natural it, it doesn't it does. feel like they're saying like scripted dialogue they're literally just hanging out they're saying things and like you know it doesn't sound like acting or like anything like that it's just it feels so natural which adds the realism of the film also like you know the the soundtrack is very sparse you know it's only like you know you hear the like kind of stuff but it's just i don't know it just feels like this is actually and i mean it was marketed as like a real movie you know like it really happened and it feels like it you just feel like you're watching some it it's better than the blair witch project which is actually filmed like a found footage film yeah. you know it's filmed oh god it's just it's so good it's so 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 good I can agree with that. You know, I also do love player, Witch. don't get me wrong. I love that movie, but you know, uh, but I definitely feel like this movie is like fucking terrifying as hell for me at least. And it just, uh, it feels grimy. It feels gross. Um, it just feels like something you should not be watching. Um, I also think it's really interesting because I think part of it was also like Toby Hooper, maybe also wanting to make a critique on like the, because this movie has been like analyzed to death. Um, so what are we going to be able to say that's new, obviously like, right. But, you know, I think part of what he may have wanted to do, it seems like was to critique just like, um, like the labor industry as a whole, like, you know, jobs and shit. Um, just like our society in general, um, the way that we treat people who are impoverished and who are um, blue collar. I think another thing, uh, the way that the meat is made, I think another thing as well. Um, A lot of these different things that we don't even think about. And so this movie has been like analyzed to death for, for a good reason. 
I think what's really interesting about this too is the 70s are such an interesting and I love the 70s horror like I think there's some really good gems in there um but what I think is really interesting about um this movie in particular is that some of the things that were going on like for example like again just like our economy was kind of weird as fuck um jobs were not abundant necessarily so the fact that the you gas have shortage the gas, the gas shortage. shortage which plays a part in this movie that's a real thing everybody like i don't know me and pickens were like i'm 31 you're like 30 29 something like that you're uh 32 so you're a little you're a year older than me so i don't know about you but like i have not been in a position where i mean i've i've seen where like you know um the gas prices were like high as fuck right but you know and all that but like uh and i've seen when they were low back in the day you know whatever but also i mean i've never been in a position where literally there would be times where a gas station just would not have gas okay imagine that now like imagine that that would be a thing that was real like that was go ask your parents go ask your grandparents like whatever like that was a real thing that happened um so you had that happening again our job market was like fucking weird as shit um you have uh a liar in the white house who then got impeached and people are really not feeling like politics uh anymore go watch the movie dick if you want to see a little funny part of about that but yeah watergate had happened like i mean i'm just saying like the 70s were a fucking wild ass time it was not what that it's not what that 70s show is okay like it's not that and also it's like you know the the haze code had just recently like dropped off true and like the vietnam war had like you know oh, completely. just ended so we you know we had we've gotten away from this culture of like everything's happy sunshiny yeah and like we saw gruesome images from the vietnam war yeah this is like one of the it's one of the first horror films like i think glass house on the left obviously did it in psycho beforehand but like sure you know it's one of the first horror films that like really brought brought horror from like these gothic castles bats and mm-hmm. like black cats and stuff witchcraft and brought mm-hmm. it into modern America. This is like happening now. These are things that are like, yeah. you know, it it was a very now film, which weirdly still resonates 50 years later. Oh, completely. You know, it's still a relevant film. It's still relevant. It's still terrifying. Like I, I show people this movie all the time and they're like, this is scary. I'm like, yes, yeah, this, is sick. this is a scary movie. It is because it's also the believability. This could literally happen. Yeah, it could. And it's also, I think it has partly happened in some ways uh, with murderers and stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, there are I mean, some Ed people. Gein is like the inspiration. He's the inspiration, he's the inspiration of it. for it. Yeah, I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer was a person. I mean, he wasn't in Texas, but, like, he literally kept, like, a head in his freezer. Like, you know, things like that. So, like, you know, it's just, like, this movie just, like, has this film on it that is just, like, gross and disgusting. And I think, if anything, it really kind of... um, Gross and and disgusting without showing anything gross or disgusting exactly and i think that's what the charm of this movie is for me at least it's just like this is a movie that if it still gets under your skin a little bit it still makes you feel weird that is effective to me at least so 
But yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I like this more than Last House on the Left. I hate Last House on the Left. I do not like that movie. It is uh, not don't, aged well. It don't is not love aged it. Well. Don't love it. But it did do the similar thing. It did, but and Psycho, yes, I think Psycho is amazing and beautiful. Um, however, it's, it has a very much a sheen to it because it's a literal uh, Warner Brothers movie, I think. Whichever, whatever the fuck they did. Um, uh, it's a. Uh, I think it's Paramount. That's oh, Paramount. Okay, you're Scott. right. Yeah, I just know that it's in Universal Studios, so I know that much. Well, and it was also made during the Hays Code, so there was yeah, like for sure there is like I'm just saying like it 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 making it a modern like instead of a haunted house film or like something that takes place like a long time ago like a murderer and all this and yeah yeah Yeah. yeah, totally and you can also read it of like you know was leatherface just like protecting his home his family home kind of sort of these people are coming in on his house like yeah he you know he definitely beat their yeah they've been evicted from their job from the the meat yeah they've been fired they don't work they've been laid off because the gun doesn't work and so like they're out of a job they're basically cannibalized themselves Mm -hmm. and you know these happy-go-luckers you know they're just kind Mm -hmm. of like whatever and you know they their their intentions of going into the house is pure they're like oh they have a generator we need gas let's go in let's ask for gas let's go do this their their intentions are not to trespass it's literally just to you know hey can you be a good samaritan can you help us out they go in yeah. and then that's what happens they get killed and then which just causes another you know the uh, jerry to go look for them yeah. and then finally at the you know it's nighttime sally and franklin are left alone they're scared yeah. they don't know what's going on jerry had the keys they have to they have to do something they have to go yeah. look for them and they also see a light which is the house and yeah mm-hmm. chaos it's just, there's so much to it and just like you know and it's just everything from like the dinner scene I mean, there's so many iconic things in there like oh, the, the dinner, dinner scene, scene. is so fucking disturbing um the thing that disturbs me the most is in the beginning where the hitchhiker gets picked up because that was a thing people would do go watch oh i God. survived everybody go watch that show okay because this is showing yeah. you why you should not pick up Cause hitchhikers because also that's yeah i think that's one of the movies that really brought us to not pick up hitchhikers and also he he's terrifying that is so scary because you don't know what he's gonna do he takes a picture he burns it he cuts himself he tries to cut franklin and mm-hmm. like the whole thing is so sporadic it's and you're fucking just like, scary dude it's, it's creepy scary. as hell and then also just him like being an icon at the end um you know leatherface is like just has his little chainsaw and he's just like because then sally gets away she escapes uh covered in blood and she's just like maniacally laughing and then like you know uh he's just like in the wind he just like has his chainsaw and everything it's just amazing um but yeah i mean this movie i think just like i think had something to say about the culture of the time um because it's hard to i mean i understand right now at least like there is uh upset in the middle east um there's israel is at war right now and all this is a lot's going on right now um and I, me and Pickens, you know, we lived through 9-11, you know, seeing that on the news and all that kind of stuff and, and whatever. Um, and we, I can't pretend to understand what it was like during Vietnam or anything because I wasn't there. But if you think that seeing on the news 
what Afghanistan was like and all that kind of stuff. Right. Cause that's what a lot of people have as their reference point is like, Oh, seeing what was on the news with Afghanistan was happening in the, the war in the early two thousands. Um, Vietnam, I think was a little worse <laughs> because you were really seeing some of this shit and it was just on your news at night. Like you were just seeing people like, you know, it, it just was like, and especially, I can only because the, especially because the Vietnam War was a war that the majority of the public didn't support. Like, I, I'll argue, you know, after 9-11, I think a majority of the Americans supported the Iraq. I think the aftermath, no. But yeah. at the time, we definitely supported. We were like, oh, my God, we were attacked, of course. Sure. The Vietnam sure. War was like, why are we doing this? We don't want to do this. Why are and we going I, in on this like third world country? Drafted. We had to be drafted for it too. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, like, no. Yeah. yeah, that also is a part of it too. So yeah. Oh, we could talk for hours about this film, Pickens. We really could. Oh, we could do a standalone it's so episode. Yes. It's so good. Please go yeah. watch it. It's always on Shutter, pretty much, or it's on mm-hmm. Tubi. Like, go watch yeah. it. It's amazing. Just watch it. It's really good. And it's great. It, even if you, you don't have to look so deep into it, you can just watch it as a slasher movie. Yeah, absolutely. Or you can like, but it's more fun if you watch it and you're like, oh my God, yes, it's it's deeper mm-hmm. than what we, and you know what, let's be real. The filmmakers probably were not thinking about this at all. Toby Hooper was probably not in oh, absolutely that, not. But you know what? It's a fun little commentary you can come up with your head. Absolutely, absolutely. So the next one we'll move on to um, in the film series is Texas Chainsaw 2. Uh, so this movie came out August 22nd of 1986. So it's a good 12 years after uh, this movie um, had come out. Initially, it was still done by Toby Hooper. It was directed by him and it was written by L.M. Kit Carson. Um, I don't think the Kit Carson, like, fucking, like, the, the Western guy. Um, but I think it was just, like, some guy who wrote it um that's fun who apparently was married to karen black that's fun that's cute and he's a kid really oh fun anyway so he wrote this movie toby Hooper directed it he wanted to do it um do you have any fun information about how this movie came to be like why did they make this 12 years after the fact i mean so obviously the slasher genre had taken off at this point everyone was getting sequels franchises and I think they approached him because obviously Texas Chainsaw Massacre had rightly so stayed super relevant. And everyone was like, oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But I think he did struggle because I think what we said when we were talking about originally, how do you do a sequel to that movie? Like Halloween, as good as it is, right? easily you can make a sequel. You know, there's a, there's a sequel. It, it even set itself up for a sequel. Um, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street could, you know, oh, this guy just comes to your dream. So any teenager can have a dream and get murdered kind of thing. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is hard, you know, because it was so scary. How do you do it? The Exorcist 2 failed miserably because they tried to do a sequel. Um, so Toby Hooper, I think, and the writer kind of, I think he like mentioned, you know, the film, the first movie was supposed to be a dark comedy, but it kind of like failed because it was actually terrifying. Um, you know, and there was like, there's like very, like, you know, them reading the horoscope thing and like the we slaughter, you know, at the barbecue place. Like there's like little things that were supposed to be funny. 
Uh, so he decided, how about we just go hard in and make this a dark comedy? And, you know, and they went uh, extreme everywhere, extreme on the comedy, extreme on the chainsaw massacring of it all. Because, you know, the first movie is called Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but really only one person is killed by a chainsaw and another person is yes. is killed by a sledgehammer, but yeah. is that then cut up by a chainsaw. So really there's only like two little chainsaw deaths and like right, right. really not, but now they're like, all right, let's chainsaw it up. Like we're, we're getting all in there and like gruesome. It was rated X. And like, I think the NPA actually told them this time, there's no way they could cut it to an R. It would be like hard it would be basically impossible to cut it to an R because of how gruesome this one is, but it's so over the top. It's ridiculous. And yeah, I love it. I do too. I mean, I, like I said, it's my second favorite because for me, I just like how it goes balls to the wall. It's like crazy. Um, You know, they re-released new line cinema. Funny enough, they re-released this movie, which is why I think it got, they re-released the first movie. So that's why I think this kind of became a a kind Uh, of favorite. Canon, Canon did this one, but I think oh, yes. this is the movie that made Canon go bankrupt, possibly, or probably it was part of the reason why Canon went bankrupt because it was rated X, so it couldn't be released in a lot of theaters, and it did flop that way. And yeah, like, true. Yeah, but I think I think New Line may have bought the rights or something for it. For- yeah yeah i think that's probably what happened it seemed like and so yeah i mean like if you had to give like a kind of basic uh outline of what this movie is about so okay we already gave like what the texas chainsaw massacre is about what is texas chainsaw massacre 2 about if you had to just like sum it up i would say so it so it is a sequel um so basic but basically there's like so i think we forgot to I mentioned this in the first part uh, in the first movie, there's a text scroll, you know, cause they were trying mm-hmm. to claim this is a true story. Right. Um, and so this one, they like continue with that. Um, yes. Essentially um, Sally, who's the survivor of the original mm-hmm. uh, apparently went to a mental institution and yeah. they couldn't, they couldn't prove that the Texas anything happened. Yeah. happened. yeah. Completely. It didn't happen. Um, and the family retreats. They're now staying in this kind of amusement park, kind yeah. of like weird area place thing. They're staying underground. Yeah. Yeah. They're basically staying underground. Um, but they're also running a food trunk. Hashtag, you know, they're, they predicted the food truck, uh, you know, yes. craze of the 2000s. Wow. They're OG. And entering chili cook-offs. Yeah. Entering chili cook-offs. And their meat is still really good for mm-hmm. some reason. I wonder why. Um, mm-hmm. But basically it focuses on Stretch. She's played by Carolyn Williamson. She's incredible. Amazing. She's a radio host. Um, and, you know, she's playing some like rock music. She's great. Mm-hmm. LG. LG. That's who I was thinking of. LG, uh, yeah. Her, yeah. He's kind of like her producer. Um, anyway, uh, somebody is the, these. So how the original was about hippies from the 70s. Yeah. This one kind of focuses on the yuppies from the yes. 80s. Yes. Um, and these two like dumb yuppie guys call into a radio show mm-hmm. and they're like being assholes they're being terrible yeah. but they get killed on live on mm-hmm. air by yes. the Leatherface family um, yes 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 
And Sawyer's, so she, yeah. yeah. So she's like, uh, hello, something's going on. And yeah. um oh, what's his name? And then but, Lefty, who is Dennis Hopper, Dennis Hopper, he is he is um actually the cousin or somebody or something of Sally and Franklin, technically. Yes, yes, they're like he is. family. And so um, they're like, and so he takes a, a express interest in this case because he's like, well, yeah, like this shit happened to my like nephew and like niece or whatever the hell or like something. This is legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is legit. So you can't just not. So then he goes to stretch at the radio station. He's like, listen, I know that this happened uh, on air. I think you should play it. Um, and pretty much after all of this happens and like it is relevant because stretch actually doesn't want to be a dj she wants she to does. be a more of an, a journalist kind of thing so she's oh yeah yeah she does that. that's true yeah no totally and so uh so she plays the the murder on live radio because it's um, a request and there's the request. no laws about request yes exactly and so this then kind of turns into a uh, Alice in Wonderland from Hell type of thing going on. That is exactly how he described where it. Where it is, Alice in Wonderland, because yeah, uh, y- because the because yeah, Chop Top, who is Bill Mosley and Leatherface, come to the radio station. They pretty much uh start to assault uh, uh LG um because LG dies. Yeah, um, he's a Vietnam vet because he has like a plate in his head. He uses a, we- a wire hanger to like you know scratch at or whatever. Anyway, um, he assaults LG uh, and whatever takes him back to the lair. And then uh, Leatherface is gonna like assault Caroline Williams. Stretch pretty which much, is, which is one of the best jump scare. Like so, actually, it's so good. Yeah. Might be the best jump scare. This is the second best jump scare. Where because yeah. he's like looking through, he's like looking at all the albums, and he's like, "Oh, yeah. what's in here?" Turns on the lights, and then bam, Leatherface just comes so out, good. chainsaw blaring, like one of the most terrifying like great it's so jump good scares. and also another really good scene in this movie too is when um leatherface and stretch are like she's about to get killed pretty much and it's this you know her using her sexuality because she is like a a busty uh, kind of busty like uh not blonde she's brunette um she's wearing these short shorts and she asks leatherface who's about to like literally kill her like with this chainsaw she's like how good are you um yeah and And she uses her sexuality to like kind of do this and it's been kind of analyzed to death of like what does the scene mean um of like what is it and like you know obviously the chainsaw has a phallic symbol and all this kind of stuff so you know get into that anyway leatherface says yeah i killed her whatever whatever he didn't kill her and they go back to the lair and then she follows them. And so, and then the Alice in Wonderland from hell whole story comes into be. And then what ends up happening is that uh, all the Sawyer family, I guess is supposed to be dead now because they let lefty has killed everybody. Cause he's just like, fuck it, whatever. I'm going to like make this place fall in on itself, whatever. And then, as Pickens was talking about down. earlier, yes, I'm it down. he he has all his. Oh my god, Dennis Hopper's so good in this movie. He's so good. Also, but I he's... think he was fully drunk all during the filming probably, of this movie, probably. But um, 
and then you have chop top like uh chasing after stretch and then chop top is pretty much uh he succumbs to the the chainsaw because stretch takes the chainsaw from like the highest point of this like amusement park place i think held by the grandmother held by the grandmother yeah and he like yeah she like takes him down and as pickens was saying earlier the end of the movie is stretch kind of doing this like ah you know this kind of thing and it's just like so fierce and fabulous and i don't know i just loved it like this movie to me like i said it's not for everybody but if you're into dark comedy black comedy whatever i i think it's worth a watch because I it is agree. out of this world and it crazy is, it is out of this world but it, i love it it shows how prevalent cocaine was in the 80s because i think the only way you could have come up with this entire plot and make this film is after doing a whole bunch of cocaine and just being like i have a vision guys i mean like the set design all of the crazy lights and just like just the soundtrack is really good just all of it is incredible it's so much fun it's fun if you if you don't mind gruesome imagery yeah. And you want to watch a dual chainsaw fight go on? Hell like, yeah. Just just watch it. It's great. It's yeah. great. Yeah, TCM2 is pretty good. It's also on Max as well. Um, I would definitely highly recommend it if you love this franchise as I do. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to Texas Chainsaw 3. So Texas Chainsaw 3 came out in 1990. It was released by New Line. So I guess this is probably when New Line actually had the rights to this whole franchise at some point. It did. They bought the they brought the rights and they were mm-hmm. hoping to revive the franchise yep. and like make it like the next big thing, yep. essentially. So the guy who directed this is Jeff Burr. Uh he's a horror director. He did this movie. He also did the Spet Fowler too. He did a couple of the um Puppet Master movies and things like that. And then the guy who wrote this is uh David uh Show, who he did this movie. He also was part of writing the crow and also um he's just like a a dude he's been involved with like nightmare on elm street before i think as well he's actually i think in the he wrote a treatment for freddy versus jason actually if i'm not mistaken because he's in the never sleep again documentary that they did so that's him he's the one who wrote this kind of piece of shit movie but yeah so that's a little bit about that though and then um yeah and the thing is too is that so like the actors of these movies everyone was an unknown in the first one and then the second one dennis hopper was kind of the star if you will um and caroline williams was like literally just an actress out of uh, texas really like she wasn't a known name or anything um and in this movie so yeah you have that um and so this third movie do you have anything fun to tell us about this movie pickens because i don't know what to tell you about it it's like my last one um it ends that's that it ends no i think the only only interesting thing about this movie is that um i think they like kept submitting it for an x for an r but they kept getting an x so they had to Mm -hmm. really censor it and the only other thing is that um Oh god! Oh my god! I forgot his name again. Ken. Um, Ken Foray. 
Yeah, Ken Frey. I had to keep he, telling him, and I, I'm not going to get the same reaction that I got a year ago. But if you don't know who Ken Frey is, he's like a horror icon. He was in oh, Dawn, yeah. of Dawn of the Dead. Uh, he's in all this. But he also is, for any 90s kids out there, he is Mr. Rockmore from Keenan and Kel. Right, and it's so yeah. funny to me that, like, uh, when I told Pickett's that first, he was like, wait a minute, what? And I was like, yes, that is yeah, him. Shot. But it's funny because you wouldn't know that um as a kid you're just like oh he's like keenan's dad like he's right. funny but yeah. like he's the like, fact no, that he's, he's a horror icon he's a horror icon like he's amazing yeah, yeah. it from beyond he's in that like he is he was sexy in um death spa oh honey, i was like excuse me mo- he's he's sexy in most of the movies he's in like, he really but is anyway, the best sorry. thing of, oh no the best thing about it is that um so originally he dies in the film yes but because Tuss' audiences liked his character because he's the only the he's one of the only one. people with character and Literally. yeah uh they decided to not kill him they brought him back like they, shot, they reshot it where also black man living into the end i love that good for him like yeah, right great. we support that yeah like, i love that like yeah yeah no i would have been so pissed because the rest of this movie i don't even know what it's hardly fucking about it um, really really it's like this a brother is also and sister yeah. driving mm-hmm. They run into someone who's clearly a villain because like, yeah, yeah you know, and also it's a different family now. It's like it, it they try to like change. So this is yeah, the, the first, slaughters. Like, yeah, they like they're they're trying to like say like, oh, Leatherface exists everywhere in a sense. Like it, it just it makes yeah. no sense. It's awful. It makes no sense. It's boring. It's just it's meh. very boring. Uh, the guys who are in this. So Kate Hodge is in this movie as like the lady it was like her second movie ever apparently or it was really her first feature film i think but she was in like a couple things here and there um william butler is the guy in it i don't know what else he did apparently he's in ghoulies too oh he's in the new blood funny enough he plays michael so that's fun um and he's in night of the living dead uh the remake as well uh, again, he didn't wow me or anything like that, girl. Like he's not. Apparently, he's also a special effects guy too. So he also went in and did that as well. Um, he's written a couple of things. I'm just looking at the Ginger Dead Man. He wrote that. Apparently, good for him. Uh, but yeah. So, and this is also a early, I guess, early ish role for Viggo Mortensen. What the hell? There you go. Okay. I think <laughs> really the only thing that really like the only thing this movie gave us was the tagline the saw is family and it has a yeah. really good you know it has a really good teaser trailer where the chainsaw sure. comes you know it's making fun of a scalibur i think um you know yeah. that's really all it gave and us. i think this really was honestly this was part of new line cinema taking this franchise and doing what they did with mm, it. It's like New um, Cinema. They do a good job with the Nightmare on Elm Street, but when they get Friday the 13th and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm. wow, they just really destroy them, don't they? Oh, well, hmm. Well, I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, I like that remake personally, the 2009 one, but, you know, that's just me personally. Uh, anyway, okay, but yeah. We're, we're, that's going to be another episode then, because I have thoughts. We could do Friday the 13th, man, because listen, I know you love those movies, bitch. I love those movies too. Uh, but yeah, that'll be another, that'll be another time. Yeah. Cause all those movies are kind of awful, but they're great. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, I think a lot of this, um, 
I think it's New Line taking this because they had success with Freddy Krueger, really. That was the reason they took this. They bought the rights and they just shepherded the rest of this shit. Uh, but yeah. So then we're going to move on to uh, our like third favorite or my third favorite is, depending on what you call it, either Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the new generation, or the return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Because it has multiple titles, bitch. Um, so that's a little bit about that. This movie, it was released. Okay, so it depends on who you are. So September twenty second, nineteen ninety five, is like the like uh, actual like release. It premiered at South by Southwest in March of that year, and it came out in September. Uh, and so this was uh, directed by Kim Hankel, who wrote the original one. It was written and directed by him. Um, yeah. So this movie, um, listen, yeah. Do you have anything fun to tell us about how this movie came to be or anything like that, Pickens, that you could you could bestow upon yeah. us? Yeah. Um, the only thing I know about this one is that so it was intended to kind of be a semi-soft remake of the original. Uh, because you know, like, you know, as good as the second one was financially, it was not good, and the third one was really not good either. So at this point, they decided, how about we just do like a soft reboot? Let's just remake the series. Let's just introduce a new family, a new Leatherface. And they kind of combine aspects of the first movie and the second movie. Like they try, they have some dark, scary elements, but they also have some campy, like fun comedy moments. And they kind of do a mishmash. And, you know, is it good? No. But is it entertaining yes it's great and as we said before it brought us you know matthew mcconaughey renee zellweger who initially at first rejected the films tried to sue to get them uncredited for it all that but i think they've now gotten softer to the film i think matthew mcconaughey now says like you know i did have a lot of fun and you can totally tell they had so much fun making this movie and um, Renee Zellweger's in a movie, I think it's called White, um, White, it's a flower name, um, White, White Oleander. Yes. Um, so her character is an actress, basically. Mm-hmm. And they should, they watch a clip from this movie, basically, because she's like, kind of like a B-rated horror actress or something in the film. Um, so they watch a clip from this movie, actually. And she's finally grown to like, understand that it has a fan base and people like it. But is it bad? Yes. Is it good? Yes. You're going to be entertained. It's so much better yeah. than Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 because at least yeah. it has a plot and it has characters. Totally. I, I can agree with that for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's also just like there's a lot that could dig into this of like the overt cross-dressing of Leatherface, which is really only hinted at before. Um, so you could definitely talk about that where there's criticism to that as well. Um, I think there's also people who say that this is a parody and self-reference of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series, which I can also get behind as well. Um, but yeah, you can look at all of this. I do want to read a little bit about what Renee Zellweger said about this movie, actually. Um, so apparently in, let me see, uh, in 2016, um, she reflected on the film stating, 
quote, it was very low budget, so we all shared a tiny Winnebago that the producer of the film, it belonged to him. It was his personal camper. So, you know, makeup was in the front seats. There was a table in the middle for hair. And there was a tiny little curtain by the bathroom. Uh, that's where you put your prom dress and your flower on. Uh, it was ridiculous. How we pulled it off, I have no idea. I'm sure none of it was legal. Uh, anything we did was a little bit dangerous, but what an experience. It was kamikaze filmmaking. So... If anything, she at least says, like, hey, look, I was in this movie. Like, I get it. Whatever. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, even, like, I think Vilmer is his name uh, in the movie. So the basic idea, if you have to get a little plot of this, is that, okay, so pretty much these uh, four teens are at a uh, school dance, and they end up leaving the school dance, and they go off and what the hell happens again i think it's that they're driving they, away from they're the dance. driving they're they run into um this crazy lady um yes. and somehow they end up at the house and yeah they got get, they get they kind of get kidnapped into yeah. there yeah it's a whole thing y'all the illuminati is in here somewhere that's a plot point in the movie where like apparently it's a it's secret a society lie. It's a lot, a lot yeah. going on. Dude. It's like I don't, Halloween I don't meets prom night meets a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. When I say Halloween, Halloween six, when like the cult thing is involved. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. And then meets prom night meets uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's it's all over the yeah. place. But I must say, with this movie, so I I do like Jenny, who is Renee Zellweger. I do kind of like her. I like how she tells Leatherface, you sit the fuck down. I love that. Um, oh, because she's, she's, a, she's the only... She's iconic. She's iconic. She's, she's the I only teen... She, yeah. she and Matthew McConaughey and whoever plays the crazy killer lady... Darla, uh, my icon the, in life. Yes, she they're all they're having such a good time and they're just giving it all they don't give a flying fuck and it's just it's fun that's why it's enjoyable to watch yeah because you're just like these people are having a good time oh completely like that i must give it to that at least where i'm like yeah no this movie is fucking dumb but they all three of them are having so fun so much fun um i like how darla just like flashes these people who are like perfect titties like that happens like it's just and her aesthetic is just i love it like i love it so much she's so good um she is kind of with wilmer i think wilmer whatever i don't know but like they might be related i have no fucking clue who the hell knows um but yeah i mean this movie needless to say was like panned it was like yeah no but i think it's had a fun little you know cult following itself you know and and there are people who are like yeah it's maybe not the best of films but however it is entertaining kind of and it's also a different take on this um that again convoluted as hell but again you can get into it though i, I guess like um and there are people who, who do enjoy it for at least what it is so so that's the like i guess i would say that's the first generation okay of the texas chainsaw massacre movies these are the first four that came out right because we must talk about the second generation of these movies that comes out which is then um topped off the beginning 
with the 2003 remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, which is produced by, so that was also released in October, if I'm not mistaken, um, of 2003. Yep, October 17th, 2003. It was uh, directed by a German, Marcus Nispel, and it was produced by Michael Bay. So that is why there is this like sheen to this movie and and all of that. Um now, really, why they wanted to do this, um, I mean, Pickens, you could share whatever you may have in terms of why they wanted to do it. But um, but yeah, I mean, like, from what I gather, I think Platinum Dunes was uh, Michael Bay's production company, and he, uh, I guess, set out on wanting to, I don't know, figure out some movies to do. And he was like, hey, you know what? Let's do the Texas Chainsaw. Now, I will say this. I mean, we did. I did talk about it last month when we talked about. I talked about Thirteen Ghosts. That Dark Castle had a little bit of this too, with House on Haunted Hill, Thirteen Ghosts. Like this was something that was sort of already happening in the late '90s to early 2000s, and then this just kind of overtook that. But uh, Mr. Berenger, would you like to regale us with uh, about this movie? Yeah, I know. I think that's exactly what happened. Is that you know, like the late nineties, like we had the haunting 13 ghosts, as mm-hmm. you said, um, you know, the horror remake was happening and it was yeah. getting successful. And I think Michael Bay, you know, wanted to get it on the trend and he decided to remake it. Um, and I act out of all the platinum dune remakes. I think this is the best one by far sure. um, because minus the sh- and I like that you said the word sheen to it. Um, that's yeah. my that's my biggest criticism of this movie is how clean it looks. Because yeah. that's what's so good about the original is how gritty, raw, real it looks and feels. Mm-hmm. And this one is so, it's so choreographed and so cinematic. Yeah. And like, it's a movie. Um, right. Like, well, the first one, you know, it just feels like you're watching something real. It's a documentary kind of thing. Right, right, right. Um, however, and also another gripe I have is that, it, so it still takes place in the 70s. It takes place in the mm-hmm. same date, 1970, August 18th, 1973. Um, but, you know, they're listening to songs that didn't come out until like years afterwards. They're wearing low rise low rider jeans. it's anachronistic in that yeah, way you're just yeah. like you know and they don't look like they're from like the original characters look so in the 70s because they were in the 70s mm-hmm. and these people were like oh this is 2004 and we're having a 70s party basically right right they, i agree yeah yeah totally yeah however they do ha- the family dynamic is very interesting i think they take out the cannibalism of it of it all for this one yeah um, kind of sort of but you know they they're they're very interesting actually really honestly the family the killers are far more interesting than the main characters in the film mm-hmm. you know you really you you don't they're going to a, a concert they have marijuana they're like whatever yeah. And then they like kind of break down the, the hitchhiker scene's different. It's like they save yeah. a victim from the family now. She kills herself and they're like, what are we gonna do? Right, right. So there's interest. I like it that the fact they did they did make a movie similar, but they did make it had its own identity. And you know what? That's 
because the same director also did the Friday the 13th remake. And I will say, stylistically, it does look good. Yeah. Agreed. But you might just not like all of it. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I think for me, like, especially this kicked off all of the rest of these um remakes and everything. Um, so House of Wax, Wicker Man, The Omen, Halloween by Rob Zombie, My Bloody Valentine, thir- uh Friday the thirteenth, a nightmare on Elm Street, and also Child's Play, um, back in twenty nineteen. Um, oh, they so, remade uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I did. Oh, I didn't oh, even remember. Oh, I didn't even remember huh. that. Oh, oh, they yeah. did. Oh, that's right. It was so awful. Oh Jesus. Oh God, it's so bad. Okay, sorry, but anyway, but yeah, I think with this movie in particular, I mean, it's. I think a lot of people's introduction to this source material in general. Um, and I really do think that again, the, the criticism I have with just the sheen of it, the Michael Bayness of it all, I will say that. And I do like how they did take this story and do something a little different with it, because I think it's how you have to do this remake. You have to do it this way. That's exactly why I can appreciate something like sorority row is the movie, a good movie. Not exactly, but it's something that's different than the original source material. And I will always give a little bit of credit of like, Hey, you know what? You did something different. I at least appreciate that. Great. Um, They, they're the callbacks they did to the original felt genuine and not like yeah Yeah. and you know yeah and like there's that scene where the sheriff like has that one guy put like the gun in his mouth you Mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. and like that's genuinely suspenseful or that scene where jessica beale is on the ground and the chainsaw is literally like like inches from her face and you you do feel that intensity and so like that's the other thing like i'll give this one it is actually scary and that's why it made a mm-hmm. hundred million dollars like it made I, a lot of money I totally understand why people like this movie and go see it and i like it i will kind yeah. of rewatch it from time to time like not as much yeah. as the original but yeah i get it i think it is a well-made movie they had Agreed. a vision they had an idea yeah no totally and i think the cast is also really stacked i I, as I stated earlier um, during our ranking is that Arlie Ermy in this movie is so fucking terrifying. And, and that's why it was a prequel for the next one instead of a sequel. Yes, because it is so, he is so fucking, so Arlie Ermy, for those who don't know, he's since passed away, but he is the drill sergeant from uh, full metal jacket. I think, um, and so he worked with Kubrick, uh, but he also was a drill sergeant in real life. And just the amount of what I love about Arlie Army is that he is both the scary motherfucker that he is as this sheriff, um, but also he is like off the like not being an actor. He seems like just like your nice like grandfather like he doesn't see like a creep you know from like interviews and like things like that um Mm. but the fact that he could turn that switch is just very fascinating to me and also like the best actor of the movie honestly it has been a minute since i've seen the movie but i think it it is a twist that he's involved with the family yes i think at first he's just like kind of like an intimidating sheriff right right you know these guys are like oh he thinks they're drug out hippies but really turns out oh no he's involved which makes him even more terrifying because there's no one they can go to. there's no you can go yeah yeah yeah. 
because they're all kinfolk, right? Right, right. Um, yeah, and I think even some of the other actors in this movie, I think the next best one, I mean, there are some good ones. So, like, Arlie Ermey, I think, is really good. Um, of course, I love the tea lady. I love her. Um, rest in peace. We love her. But, uh, you know, um, and they, they do a little something different with her, too, and, and their characters. Um, I think it's unfortunate for me to say, I mean, I Jessica Biel, you're great. And you have a husband that is Justin Timberlake, and that's great. She's not the best actress in this. But you know I what? I think the reason for her doing this is because she was literally on a show that was literally about Christianity. Yeah, she was like big into Seventh Heaven. She wanted to like branch out. I don't necessarily think she's a bad actress. I think the big problem is, okay, so when it was announced that Jessica Biel was going to mm. be in this movie, everyone was like, you know, clearly she's the final girl, right? Like, because she's yeah. also the only named actress in the film. Um, my big issue is um, uh, Marilyn Burns, who played Sally Hardesty, who mm-hmm, basically mm-hmm. is the equivalent to uh, Jessica Biel's character. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. She gave such an incredible performance. Like, just that scream like she invented scream queen for me personally like just sure. that, she, she played terror like no one else partially because she was slightly terrified terrified but right still. right she, her scream was really good her her acting her panic good the problem with jessica biel is that she her she didn't really have a good like she was like ah instead of you know yeah um, yeah you know it, it was that and just yeah there was like some woodedness to the whole thing it was more how sexy can i look running through this like little like Texas right. field and like how sweaty can i look and like look how sexy i am and yeah. instead of like i'm a victim of trauma i'm terrified Help yeah me. because listen i mean because i think the best actors of this movie are Arlie Ermey, I think, is great. Lauren German does such a good job for the three minutes she's on screen. And she's a bad bitch in Hostel 2, too. But, like, she is so... She's the hitchhiker who ends up blowing her head off. And if she was the final girl, bitch, I would have been like, this is great. Like, this... Yeah, honestly, I want to see her story. I want to see that. That's the prequel. Oh, completely. Oh, completely. Like, I was, like enamored with her because i was like she is a great actress and i'll also give it to um jonathan tucker our boy from virgin suicides and he is uh morgan in this movie he gets killed by you know getting chainsawed in the dick but uh and getting his guts like you know like chainsawed up but he i also think does a pretty good job with what he's given he's not given much but i think he does a really good job because that scene with him and arlie army in that fucking uh police uh car it's tense it All is, right. it really it really and that's why i'm always going to give this movie is that it yeah. does it is tense it is suspenseful tense. it is scary yes not as scary as the first is the original but you know what compared to like a yep. lot of other remakes yeah. i agree and then mike vogel's there um you know and uh he is sweaty uh he is hot for the gays okay. my that tank top oof just that okay. white feeder. Oh yes, mama, honey. Yes, ma'am. Oh, they knew what they were. I, I don't think they knew what they were doing, but you know, maybe they knew what they were doing. You know what I mean? Cause like, Oh, they knew what they were doing because 
to to transition it to the next one, they cast Matt Bomber uh, in the oh, prequel. Yeah, girl. Ooh. Anyway, so yeah, we gotta we'll, we'll move on to the next one too. But yeah, that movie is really I I do like the remake a lot. I mean, uh, if you also want to uh, find out more about this movie and all that, uh, there is a documentary you can find for the free on YouTube, and in it you do see uh, I think you can sort of see Eric Balfour's dick because there is a um so on the on the last day of shooting of this movie. Uh, for whatever reason, um, the, on the last day of shooting, the joke was of like Eric Balfour, um, who's, I don't know if he's weird. I think he's fine. He's not Andrew Keegan weird, but like, whatever. Anyway, his, the, the joke for him is that he grew up in this like hippie commune or whatever, and he went to like this hippie school or something. Um, so like there'd be times where like he would just be naked apparently. Anyway, but on the last day of shooting, uh, they literally, the whole joke of him being in this hippie commune or whatever the hell, um, he literally stripped down naked on the set and just like said i'm out of here i'm gone i'm leaving because his thing was like he just wants to like be in northern california naked on like an inner tube just like you know chilling or whatever that's what he wants to be doing not in this shit um so i just thought that was kind of funny and you do see some of his dick a little bit which is really fun it's like a quick glimpse but you do see that uh because here's the thing about it Eric Balfour is also not that great of an actor either. So anyway, but you know, he was in kids incorporated. We loved him on six feet under, but he ain't got that much range. So anyway, but yeah, but you you can watch that little documentary. I think it is really insightful. I think Andrew Bernarski is scary as a bitch. Like he's also really scary. So like, you know, all that, but we'll, we'll talk about the next movie. Um, so yes, this is one of my not favorite ones, babes. I'm just saying it just isn't, but you know, like, uh, yeah, I mean, this movie came out in 2006. So it came out about three years after or so just around there. And it is a prequel to the 2003 movie, uh, meaning it takes place in the sixties and all that stuff. I mean, it, it's not too surprising that, this movie, the original movie, the 2003 movie made a hundred million dollars on a $9 million budget. So of course they're going to have a sequel, obviously. Um, and so they were like, hell yeah. Um, they had done Amityville horror before this, uh, Patton dudes had done. So there's that. Uh, but yeah, they decided to get that. So would you like to tell us all about this movie or anything you want to share about this film? Really? The only thing is, is I think because so spoiler alert for the, first movie arlie emery dies in the movie uh-huh. um but everyone liked his character so much yes so they were like well we can't resurrect him so they were like let's do a prequel so they could bring him back that was the excuse for this movie was to bring yeah. him back um and i i like it actually i think it is good mm-hmm. um I think that, you know, like, I mean, yes, Matt Bomber's in it. He's hot. Yes. Um, It has an interesting-ish, yeah, there's like, so basically the plot of the film is that it's a bunch of uh, young adults. Mm -hmm. uh, They're trying- Some of whom are draft dodgers. Yes. Well, yeah. So the whole thing is they're driving to Mexico to avoid being drafted Mm. for the Vietnam War um they hit a cow i think yeah yeah i think so too yeah something like that and you know they crash and they're picked up by arlie emery 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, they think, oh, it's a sheriff. He's nice. And turns out they're taken to the farm and they one by one start getting killed off. Essentially, They, be, they become a meat puppets, bitch. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. And this one brings back the cannibalism of it all yes. where the remake ignored it. This one's like, oh, well, no, actually, they are cannibals. Cool. And oh, yeah. yeah, you get you get kind of more of a why Leatherface is Leatherface worked at a mm-hmm. meat factory had was given birth at the meat factory and like all, all this stuff and so yeah he's gonna kill people and you know it is it good no but it's very of its time in 2006 it, it's oh, very tor- very torture porny definitely like hostile saw were inspirations yep and spoiler alert for this movie but it makes so much sense um it's the first like horror movie that i saw that didn't necessarily have a happy ending aka who you think is the final girl you think she's about to escape uh she gets killed yeah and then it's like well this makes so much sense because clearly if she survives she was gonna go to the police right there was gonna be no hey yeah Yeah." so like clearly it makes sense she doesn't survive but you're not even really thinking about that when you watch the movie. And Absolutely. so you're like shocked, but I like it. Yeah. I don't love it necessarily. I just think it's real mean spirited and just not, it's just not for me. Oh, uh, it's not nice. It is not a nice movie. Oh, not at all. Not. I also think like Jordana Brewster, I'm sure she's fine in most things. I could give shit less about her character in this, to be honest. I'm just like, why is she not screaming? What the fuck? What is going on with this? I don't, I don't. I really think that. it was Arlie Emery that was, because oh, he, he had the most screen time for sure. It was really oh. his show. Oh, 100%. Leatherface was a little bit of an afterthought in the film. And, you know, uh-huh. and they had good, it had good gore effects. You know, sometimes I'm easy to please. Sometimes I'm really hard to please. True. And this one just was easy to please for me. Sure. Sure. I totally understand that. Um, So Matt Balmer is hot and he is also gay. We love that. He was not gay at this time. He was not out by then. Um, This movie was uh, Jonathan Liebsman. I believe he was director. He's a South African man. Um, And uh, he did this movie. Do you know what other movie he also did? No, what he, did he do? He also did uh, a little movie at uh, the same year as Texas Chainsaw Three. Uh, you know, two thousand three. He did Darkness Falls. He directed that. I like that movie. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tooth Fairy's coming get your ass. Just wait, wait, dark. You said Darkness Falls. Sorry. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Darkness, which is that weird Spanish movie no. with the witches and and also i found this out recently so taylor handley is the other guy who's not matt bomer okay um but do you know what other things he was in he was in two movies that you may be aware of the other one might blow your mind so he is actually uh in a movie with somebody who i think would make sense in this movie uh shannon elizabeth um i would have loved to see her in this uh she could have very much been jordana brewster's character um he was in jack frost uh which i actually is not the horror movie he was in the original jack frost with michael keaton which i think is really funny isn't that weird that is crazy i did not know that so he's not in the one with shannon elizabeth but i think shannon elizabeth could also actually funny enough though the other chick who's not georgiana brewster uh she was actually in the night of the demons remake uh funny enough who has shannon elizabeth in it that movie is also a hot mess and horrible however 
I kind of enjoy it for how horrible it is. Oh, but I found this out about this guy, Taylor Handley. Um, okay, so he is, I think he is, he's Californian. So he's in Jack Frost. He was in the, like, the actual not horror one. Uh, but do you know what his, like, first, uh, do you know his first TV movie was? He is the main character of a little movie starring Mickey Ro- uh, starring Mickey Rooney uh called Phantom of the Megaplex which is a decom from there he's literally what? the main guy in it he is the lead of that movie and i just found this out because i want to cover that movie so bad on this podcast i will do it um he is literally it's the same guy who directed so the same guy who directed wish upon a star do you know wish upon a star oh yeah oh I daniel love harris yeah. movie and oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the same guy who directed that directed Phantom of the Megaplex, um, which is fun, Blair True. But also, yeah, Taylor Hanley is literally the, like, guy who is the main dude in that movie. Like, who's the assistant manager or whatever of the, the, yeah. I knew you would appreciate that because I know, I know you, Pickens. I feel like I know you. I am shocked. Yeah. I know. And, like, that was a movie I definitely watched. Oh. I love that little movie. It's really stupid in a decom, but it's kind of great though, honestly. And it has Mickey Rooney in it, so you, you know what? You should do a horror decom month or something. Oh, completely. Oh, completely. Halloween Town. Oh, oh, it's gonna happen. Don't don't, don't look, look under the bed. Don't look under the oh, bed. Oh, so good. That yeah, movie's really good. So Ooh, good. Bitch. It's so. Uh, we can even do the zombies movies. Those are fun. Like I feel like those are kind of cute and fun and musical. What the hell? Why not? Anyway, so. There you go. All right. Now we're just trying to like not have to talk about this other movie because Pickens hates it so much. Uh, but we are going to move into our our uh, it is our third to last movie, <laughs> which is the movie of um, Texas Chainsaw 3D, uh, which came out in January of 2013, which is apropos because that is the dumping month for films. Okay, and um. God, no, no, what? I'm I'm taking over. I'm sorry. Okay, this go ahead. movie lied to us. It lied to us several times. It told us it was going to be hot, fly, sexy, fly, sexy and beautiful. And, beautiful. Mm-hmm. and it is and not. It, that. To, it was not the sort. This is nothing a fat cunt. This movie is a fat, fat cunt. cunt. Um, the shoes yeah. that she told me were supposed to be worn. On yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, old maiden type Texas chainsaw. Like I so, get it. This is one of the OG kind of requels, basically. Basically, it was like saying, like, oh yeah, instead of doing a remake, we're going to do a we're gonna bring back the original cast. We're we're gonna have Bill Mosley, you know, they're bringing mm-hmm. back like OG people. It's gonna be completely canonically a sequel to the original. We're gonna ignore the sequels, which fine, you know, absolutely Halloween's done that several times. Sure. Um, you know, it it's a thing. Um, and so, you know, I was really looking forward to it. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so great. Finally, right. you know, it's going to be like, it's going to The go trailer is through. decent on my Trailer's little deep. Yeah, yeah. Good trailer, everything. So we're so looking forward to it. And then we go see it in theaters. The The number one thing, which is a problem. So I think it's, if you're a fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre lore, the big thing is August 18th, 1973. That is that is just canonically the date that the original happened. It is there. It is 1973. 
Right. Um, and this is 2013, right? Yes. So they kind of fuck up in a sense because so basically the original happens and instead of them not knowing about it or whatever, it starts out with a police show off with the Sawyer family who now goes from three in kind of inbred men to now there's a whole bunch of Sawyer family members that we never knew about all at the house. There's a whole shootout in the, you know, there's a whole thing, a whole conflict. The Sawyer family is murdered except for one baby who is put in the foster system, adopted, and then some time passes. Now, Jesse, how much time do you think should, should pass? Like, because does it feel like this place, this movie takes place in modern times, which it, yeah, it does. I it feel like does. it takes place in 2013. But who is playing the lead role? Who's the baby of the Sawyer family, Alexandra Daddario, and uh-huh. she's 20. Hmm. Huh. The but the so they know they fucked up because they really try yeah. to smudge that 1974 date. They really try to hide that. Like there's a gravestone and the 19 and then you don't see the 74, but you know, that's when it, uh, you know, it, that's what's so frustrating about it. Right. And so she's clearly 20 years old. She is talking like, you know, she is with other 20 years old. People. Right. Right. Including and, Trey songs, including Trey songs. Um, and so, yeah, so basically this, the, the plot of this one is uh, she works at a meat factory. Or, so again, another eye rolling, like, you know, so you have this, the beginning where there's the police showdown and you're like eye roll because it's like, okay, wow, where'd all these other Sawyer family members come from? Why weren't they in the first one? Like, hello. Then there's a baby. Then we cut to what should be, you know, 30, 40-ish years later. Instead, it's only 20 years later, but they have iPhones. So like, mm. right. He's working at a meat factory. So you're rolling your eyes at that. Like, oh my God, of course she is. I wonder who this could be. And she basically inherits her aunt's house in Texas. Yeah, in Texas, yeah. She gets her friends. They go check it out. And turns out Leatherface has just been living in this house for this entire time. Mm-hmm. And decides just to start killing people. Why not? Let's have fun. Long story short, she finds out about her actual family. She finds out that Leatherface is her cousin. Uh-huh. Um, this whole thing that the sheriffs actually killed her family because yeah. they were murdering people. Yes. Mm. And I'm just, long story short, Leatherface goes on a killing rampage. The, uh-huh. the, the sheriff is like trying to confront him blah 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 and she decides oh i'm part of this family leatherface is my cousin and the worst possible thing i've ever seen in the history of cinema is that there's this big conflict between the sheriff and leatherface his chainsaw is away from him even in the meat factory yep yep she throws the chainsaw to leatherface and she says this one line that made me rage with anger do your thing cuz like what like 
I just don't get it. Like, it, what is his thing? It is killing so people? stupid. Someone dies via FaceTime. Like, I think he's like FaceTiming someone because that was like new at the time. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it, it just it makes no sense. They clearly did not give a flying fuck. Uh, uh, they were trying so hard. They're like, agreed. Oh yeah. yeah, you know, we're bringing back these original characters. It's gonna be a sequel. Right, but it's like right. you couldn't even like. Okay, you can even still cast a 20-year-old and say she's 30. I don't care. Yeah. But like, y'all didn't care at all. It's you didn't even awesome. get the timeline right. You didn't even get the no timeline time, right. Timeline wrong. Every, it just, yeah. oh my God. In that trailer, there's that great Couldn't scene have been her mom or something. Like, anything. Like, mm-hmm. anything. I was 20 in 2012. Like, what the fuck? Like, are you kidding right. me? Like, what are you? Anyway, so Insanity. I'm glad that she got the White Lotus. Good for her. Thank um, God for that because she redeemed like it, and again it wasn't her fault but she like oh God she she was so good in the White Lotus she she was really the good. material she had in this was so bad was really bad and again this was written by Adam Marcus who is a known like he wrote Friday the Thirteenth uh Jason goes to hell or whatever the hell um which is one of the worst movies ever um it's Stop not making very people good. write that like why are we still giving him movie roles to write this, i don't know ugh. it's really it's bad and he's not very good at it, it like that is not very good this wasn't very good um yeah i mean and alexander daddario i think good for her i don't know what trey songs was doing in this except for cheating on her apparently i think that was the whole thing oh also uh so uh tanya raymond i think is her name she plays her friend do you know what she's in do you know what movie she was in no what was she in she was in a little lifetime movie where she also uh she portrayed a female serial not serial killer uh she was jody arias in the jody arias lifetime movie Oh my god. She was. She, she shot that guy in the shower and everything, dude. Like, she really is. She was in Malcolm in the Middle uh, as well. And she was on Lost and stuff like that. Oh yeah, she was in Jodi Arias' Dirty Little Secret in 2013. Right after this movie. I appreciate that. Good for her. Um, you know, listen, you gotta get a check. Uh, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny you that. Like, really. Uh, this is a Lionsgate movie. I mean, God, this movie is not very good. I will tell you this. So, uh, Jodi Arias, uh, you know, she, the line I have a problem with, because do your thing, cause it's pretty bad. But also, like, the, the, the line I hate in this is what I mentioned earlier in my letterbox review, which was, welcome to Texas, motherfucker. And what I don't understand with that is that you're saying this to somebody who is from Texas and you are like trying to shoot a gun at him or whatever. And I'm just that like, why in, are you saying welcome to Texas? He's from th- here. That was in 3D. I thought that was in the Netflix one. It was no, not. It in 3D? Oh my God. It's in 3D. So it's just because the do your thing cuz just threw me. Yeah. But oh my God. agreed. Yes. Complete. So welcome stupid. to Texas, motherfucker. It's, you're literally it's right. It's so stupid there because like this bitch is from Texas. Yeah, like, this this monster is from Texas. Like, why are you saying welcome to Texas? Like, you are coming at oh anyway, sorry. But okay, yeah, that's what we have to talk about. Checks Chainsaw 3D. This movie was not very good. And it just was you also like try to sympathize with you want us to sympathize with him, which yeah, to a point I can kind of like, get. I get like, yes, the corrupt police and stuff, sure. But sure. it's like 
they are they they also aren't wrong. He, this this yeah. family murdered people, and it's like oh, and you know maybe they want. There's probably a reason why they wanted to cover this up a little bit. Like you know they don't want to be advertised as the town where people got murdered. I, you know oh and. Sure. Oh my God. It's just, oh, and like, oh, well, I was born into a killer family. So I am a kill. It's just, oh my God. So stupid. Yeah. It's not very good. Um, so yeah, we're going to move on to our second to last film. So we have Leatherface from 2017. This was directed by these French people, uh, Julian Mori and uh, Alexandra Bustillo, who are French filmmakers. Um, they're friends, I guess. Uh, do you know what they actually wrote and directed before this? Are you aware? Um, so they are the writer and directors of the movie Inside from 2007. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. so th- they also did the deep house and and that as well um so i mean this movie it's a prequel again to the texas chainsaw massacre the original and also the texas chainsaw 3d we just talked about um which is explaining the origins of our lead character leatherface and that's what we're focusing on to be honest this movie it's it's the one that is shot outside of the u.s which is really interesting it was shot in it's- bulgaria it is the second because I think the Netflix one is also shot outside of the US too. So this and, is the first one to do it. Though. Yeah, this is the first one to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're right about that. You're right. Uh, but yeah. So God, this movie is fucking horrible. It's not very good. I'm gonna be completely honest. I watched it one time when it came. I think whenever it was available to watch on the. I I don't even remember how I. Watched it was limited it. release, and it yeah. came out on in some theaters and some VOD. Yeah, I think I might. I think I did watch it VOD, and the only thing I remember about it is that I think they tr- they were wanting to make it a twist on who Leatherface was. Like there was like this bulky kind of Leatherface looking guy, and there's this like scrawny guy. Mm-hmm. They were brothers, and I think it. I think it turns out that the scrawny guy is Leatherface. It, I really yes. honestly, I, I barely, like, I really honestly, genuinely, like, only saw it once, and I do not remember anything about the movie. Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, pretty much, like, you're just following um, how Leatherface, I guess, gets put into a mental institution. Um, somebody gets put in a mental institution. Jedediah is his name. He gets put in a mental institution, and then we find out that, like, he goes on an adventure with his other mental uh, institution patients, um, and then they find out that this guy's Leatherface or whatever. They find out he's a killer. Uh, that's the basic idea of this movie. Uh I don't even fucking know what it hardly is because this movie is just really not great. Um, yeah, I don't even know what the fuck it's about. Hardly. It's about Leatherface and it's an origin story. That's what you need to know. I guess it really, I mean, it's sad that like, I hate Texas Chainsaw 3d so much because I, I've, I've only seen Texas Chainsaw 3d like twice. And that was like 10 years ago. And I still vividly remember so much about that movie. Leatherface. I've seen, you know, more recently but i cannot i really can't tell you anything about the movie i really can't but yeah i still put it above 3d because it just i didn't get a visceral reaction the way i did Uh, maybe actually you know maybe i really should put leatherface at my bottom because at least 3d did give me a reaction i did feel something watching 3d and Leatherface gave me nothing, and I right. really honestly can't tell you anything about it. 
Yeah, except it was about like these mental institute patients who escaped and then they're going on an adventure, apparently. I think that's what was happening. Um, I didn't like how gross this movie was. Uh, so there's a guy like he's this dude and you see him in his little trailer and then he kills himself at some point and the institute patients like come up to the trailer and they find him and then like these two people these this couple uh like have sex in the bed where this guy like is i don't know why they have to have that in there i don't i don't know uh, apparently also so steven dorf's in this movie he's like the name of it um he's cecil b demented from cecil b demented and also just like being steven dorf uh and then also, of course, you have our our good old Lily Taylor as Verna, the mother, um, who apparently was supposed to be uh, Angela Bettis. She was initially supposed to be that, and she dropped out, and then Lily Taylor replaced her. Uh, so yeah, I could see it. I see it. But yeah, you know, this movie, dude, I hardly know what the hell this thing is. Like, I don't know. It's French. It was shot in Bulgaria. It's by these French guys. I mean, okay, cool. But I could give a shit about this movie. Honestly, if you're a Leatherface stand out there, I guess, whatever. But I, I'm like, okay, like, fine. And it's just, it's a forgettable entry, I feel like. So I'm not really all that, that into it. And I probably wouldn't watch it again, personally. Um, And then to end our, our conversation, I think, to wrap it all up, we have the most recent entry, which is uh, just Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No direct object or anything. It's from 2022. Uh, this was by uh, David Blue Garcia. It was written by Chris Thomas Devlin, which if you don't already know, he wrote this movie, but he also wrote the recent movie Cobweb with Lizzie Kaplan in it. So, uh, which apparently is not, not bad. So that's good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, do you have anything to say about this movie or anything like that um, that you could think of? Or yeah. Um, so, you know, similar start to the Texas Chainsaw 3D, you know, they were like, like bringing up like, oh, we're going to be very, um, you know, we're going to be very uh, faithful. It's going to be like kind of a sequel. We're going to bring the character of Sally mm-hmm. Hardesty back. Sadly, I think Marlon Burns had passed away at this point. Rest in peace. Yes. Um, and Gunnar Hansen. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, all right, fine. You know, um, and it, it the, the poster that they put that they created looked promising. But then, you know, after a while, I was like, eh, you know, I'm just I'm just going to go in blank mind i will say this about it how the first one was about hippies the second one was about yuppies Mm -hmm. the fact that it was about influencers Mm -hmm. one it made sense because that would be the 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 group to critique at the time Right. right um and again what i what i respect about it is that it's like barely like an hour it's like an hour and like like 18 minutes it's not long so you're not wasting your time really you're watching an episode of a 83 minutes bitch it's so short so short um and so i know this is gonna sound like semi-hypocritical but as much as i hated like the do your thing cuz and welcome to texas motherfucker from 3d when 
when Leatherface walks into that van with all those influencers uh-huh, with a uh-huh. chainsaw and they just put up the phone and said, you're about to be canceled, bro. Yeah. For some reason, I love that. I thought it was fun. It's I kind of felt like the two. I highly doubt that Sally Hardesty would A, if she, so if Sally Hardesty, she lived through the events of the first one, I don't think she'd be living in Texas anymore. I don't and think I so for either. damn sure would know she would not be working at a meat factory slaughtering things. Because, or whatever the hell she was doing, right. No. Um, you know, it was just, that was kind of ridiculous. That was kind of stupid. I don't think she needed to be in the movie at all. Nope. Ironically, I, I love, like, there's so many things, like, there's so many things, it's stupid, but unlike Texas Chainsaw 3D, that's, like, enragedly stupid, this is just, like, dumb stupid, like, we see the Confederate flag, and we get triggered, Um, right, there's the, oh, I survived a school shooting, I, oh, God, you know, it's just, like, these dumb things, the best character is, you know, canonical like in real life would be the worst character the gun yeah. really hot guy who gets Ooh, richter yes god mm-hmm. he's so hot but, he is so hot and he gets killed like you know like 20 minutes in or something and you're just like no he I lives throughout he lives for a little bit a little bit but like he gets killed off a little too early in my opinion he does he does and you're like damn it but then the best is the ending with the we're driving away in the electric car and uh-huh. Leatherface just grabs Sisters like, just, yep. doing it for themselves. Yep. And then get, one of them gets their head chainsawed off and the other one is stuck in the self-driving electric car screaming and like, no! Hell yeah. It's, just, it's bad. It's so bad. But you know it's what? Bad. I'm not mad at it. I'm not either. I must say, I was not mad at it either. I like uh sally is an absolutely needless character in this movie um oh, oh sorry one one last thing one sure, last thing sure, sure, this sure. the scene that takes place in the sunflower field actually kind of creepy oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. where dante's girlfriend yeah which is like kind of what she was her name is ruth gotta say her name uh but she is in this movie but i think She's just like Dante's girlfriend. Dante's partner, I think, is what the caption said, which is really fucked. But whatever. Um, she was an outlander and a couple other things she did, which is cool. Uh, she's English, British. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, oh god, like this movie just is not the best. Elsie Fisher, people like her from eighth grade and like other things she's done now. She was also, if I'm not mistaken, in that not good Amazon movie, My Best Friend's Exorcism. Um I have not seen that movie, but I have heard it's not good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's that. Uh, Olwyn uh, Ferreri, I know she's Irish or something like that, so I'm completely butchering that name. Uh, she did not need to be in this movie at all. Um, however, I don't know if it's like kind of a like commentary on like Laurie Strode at this point like I don't know maybe but like it had to be because yeah at this point Halloween was successful are we gonna really are we really gonna bring back Jennifer Love Hewitt to be like hello everybody I'm Julie James like I I would want it you know I'd see it (laughs) same with like you know did we need to bring back Ellen Burstein no bring back Brandy too just do it 
Oh my yeah, god. Just, anyway. Let's bring about where where's the love for uh Heather Landing Camp? Where where's our fri- where's our nightmare? Oh yeah, where is she at? Like I want to make sure she's in another movie. I love her. Yeah. Um Adrian yeah. King. Why don't I mean I, okay, no, the Friday the 13th no, she, franchise is a little different. the rights, yeah. The 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 rights are fucked for yeah, that one. But, that. but yeah, she was, I will say if you want to watch a good movie and uh with this lady in it, you can watch Mandy with Nicolas Cage because that's a really good movie. And she plays like uh, one of the like little cult members of that guy. So that's, that's like really fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean like this guy, who is this, who is this guy? So we have, um, Jacob Lattimore. He's the Dante. He's the, the person of color, the one that's in this movie, um, like legit, but, uh, oh, he's in the maze runner. Okay. Oh, he was also in that bad remake of House Party. Oh, okay. That's where I've seen him from. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. No more. Um, anyway, so yeah, Alice Krieg's also in this movie. She's from Ghost Story, Silent Hill. Amazing actress. Love her. Uh, the director's cut of Stay Alive. Don't think I forgot about that. Cause how could you not? But anyway, um, you know, I, I think this movie, they're just trying to, I don't know, they're trying to get, well, really, I think it came from the fact that, like, the people who did Leatherface Lionsgate were going to make, like, five other fucking movies, and then the rights, like, went away, and then um, Legendary Pictures just picked it up, really, and then they were like, let's make a movie, dude, let's do it, so, all right, cool, great, so, like, that's exactly what happened, Um, as you stated before, it's not a great movie, however, I mean, I like it doesn't handle the shooter survivor thing very well. It's kind of weird. Uh, it's cringy. Like, it's it's very cringy. Just like they like mm. went to Twitter, did buzzwords, and like try to incorporate kinda, it, and yeah. it's just like it just didn't uh, work for me at least. But I mean, overall, like I think it's just dumb and fun. You know, uh, I like. I like the bitch getting her head cut off in the end. That was like really crazy and weird. And it doesn't, uh, over, it doesn't overstay its welcome. And it does not overstay its welcome. I appreciate that. And I'm glad that, you know, people got paid and got a check. That's, that's good. I'm happy for them, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's a little bit about, uh, we've been talking for just like over two hours at this point now. Um, but you know what? That's what we signed up for. Um, and plus we also had nine movies to go over. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess if we had to sign off like Jerry Springer or something or something like that, I guess like uh, if you had to, if you had to kind of like do a little wrap up or if you just had to talk about like, you know, what is it about these movies that you enjoy or, or, you know, what's kind of your final thoughts on just the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise as a whole, if you will. I think that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise unfortunately has like out of like all of the main franchises like we're talking about halloween friday the 13th you know i think this one has the most unfortunate uh entries in the franchise but it also has some of the best like tops all of the other ones and the fr- it's so all over the place um if you're if you're if you've never seen any of them you should um at least watch the first one, the second one, and the remake, at least those three. Um, but also, you know, if you can stomach bad movies, if you can handle, like, you know, kind of the less quality films, watch it. It's, you know, it's 
harmless fun. And yeah, it's, it's yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you, girl. Totally. I, I think for me, at least this movie series, it's kind of the, it's fairly inconsistent in regards to all the movies. Um, only to be beat by, I think, like Amityville because those movies, oh God. Oh anyway, my God. So, and you know, they're still making those. They're, they're still making them. Yeah. There's an Amityville Bigfoot that I literally just saw a poster for. Oh, yeah. Because they aren't necessarily having to be a part of the th- series because it's based off of a real event. So they can just use that. Anyway, so that's how the Amityville has been doing it forever. But anyway, so, but I think this movie, like you said, it has the. It has some like stinkers, which are not very good of films. However, it's hard to say. It's hard not to say that like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original movie has been so influential for just horror as a whole, you know, and I think that that movie you know, did what it needed to do at the time and it is still influential almost 50 years later next year it'll be uh its 50th anniversary which is awesome um but you know i really do think like there are some bangers in here i mean i think the first one and the remake are bangers generally i think the second one's a banger you know uh for what it is and so i just think like girl they could just stop it at this point you know what i mean like you don't need to do it anymore I completely agree. It just we need to let it die. It just let it die. At this point, I think we fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I just feel like at this point, but fool me nine times. Come on, yeah. It you know it is a hard franchise to continue. Like I think Halloween is easy to continue because you need Haddonfield, mass killer, kills babysitters or whatever teenagers. Sure. Friday the 13th, same thing. Like, you know, Crystal Lake. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things you yeah. can bring into it. For some reason, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, because of the lore, you need to have a family. You need to have Leatherface. You need to have the chainsaw. And I feel mm-hmm. like you can't... There's only so many ways you can tell that kind of story. Agreed. I completely agree. So, But I will say I do like this franchise generally as a whole. I do think there are some movies in here that are good to watch and I think would be ones that I would probably own. I don't think I would own all of these obviously, cause there are some stinkers in there, but I would at least own the first one, the second one, probably uh, the return of the next generation one. And I would probably own the, um, the original, I would own the remake as well. Those the four. remake has a really good DVD um, thing that like, it like folds out to look like a chainsaw I love that. And yeah, and uh, there's a really cool collector set on 4K Blu-ray that has like a lot of yeah. the original one that it looks gorgeous. Yeah, so yeah, I would definitely own that. it. Own it. Yeah, own at least those four. I think those are fine. Everything else you can probably like not have. Uh, but yeah, no, totally. I, I can agree with that. And uh, and yeah, I mean, it's like it's about that time where Thanksgiving is coming around. You know, it's like a it's about family it's about dinners and shit you know um even though thanksgiving is a trash holiday because of the history of it and all i really want to do is get ham and turkey um and, and all that yeah, the food is not get, it, the thanksgiving the food is not giving mama i'm not a big fan of thanksgiving food yeah i love thanksgiving food though and i only want ham so oh, yeah yeah ham ham mashed potatoes and stuffing that's really all mm-hmm. i want and maybe some mac and cheese too mm-hmm 
Same. I love that. So every year yeah. for my family's Thanksgiving, I make a French onion soup mac and cheese. Okay. okay. Allegedly with lore of like this common day, like apparently mac and cheese is not super common as a Thanksgiving food and it needs to be because mac and cheese is incredible. It's great. Oh my God. Yeah. And a nice biscuit here and there, a little croissant roll. Oh yeah. The little Pillsbury Doughboy. You know, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, all that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. You should uh, now we're just getting into Thanksgiving food because it's gonna be in a couple weeks, bitch. And so we gotta, we'll, it's we'll like cover a week. Thanksgiving when it finally comes out to like streaming or something, and we can do know a about whole that. thing about don't put my about don't put that on my food. show. Don't put that on my show. I don't know about that yet. But like, you know, listen, maybe we'll cover it another t- I don't like Eli Roth that much, to be honest, but we'll see. Girl, that same. movie might be hard. I'm seeing it though. Horrible. I'm seeing it though. Because it was out of all the trailers from Grindhouse, that was the one I loved the most. Okay, gotcha. Anyway, though, uh, Pickens, it's been a pleasure having you on here to talk about this uh, crazy, crazy movie franchise. Um, it's always a pleasure having you on my show because I like having another horror gay to chop this shit up about. Um, we'll definitely bring you back for like any of the fucking 80s movies I cover hardly. Um, and then also maybe do like, I would love to do like a Friday the 13th series because you have thoughts. Um, I've seen all those movies. Nightmare on Elm Street, we could maybe do a little something as well. Um, again, I do want to hit some of the big horror franchises. This is not a strictly horror podcast, but you already know how I lean. So anyway, but do you want to like plug your socials and all that shit? So people want to follow you. They can do that if they want to. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on, I'm mainly on Instagram. Um, It's party Pickens, P A R T Y P I C K E N S. Oh my God. I can spell. Woo. Um, And I'm experimenting with TikTok, but it's, I think it's Pickens.Behringer. I think, I don't know. You didn't buy me on TikTok. Yeah. If I usually post something on Instagram, I'll usually link it to my TikTok if it's on TikTok also. But yeah, those are like my main ones. Or if you're in, if you're in the North Carolina area, you'll probably find me in the bathroom or on Grindr, you know, ready to take you. So yeah. Great. Yeah. That's, that's really nice. And I, Mm -hmm. I appreciate your charitable, um, you know, uh, service uh, to the the men of of North Carolina. It's all I can do. It's all I can do. Yeah. That's so true. All right. Well, it was nice talking to you and I hope, uh, hope to have you on the show soon and I uh, hope you have a good rest of your month and good rest of your week. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. As always, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can do so via email at cultcinemacircle at gmail.com. In case you want to give any movie or episode recommendations, give feedback on the show, or if you'd like to just say, Hey, I'm open to all of it. If you'd like to follow the show on social media, you can do so on Instagram and Instagram threads at Cult Cinema Circle. I tend to post what I'll be covering for the next week on there, post stories, things like that. On X, I'm at Cult Cinema Circle. On there, I don't really post a whole lot, but if you want to follow the show, it's there for you to follow. And then on Letterboxd, I'm at Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, Kremp, K-R-E-M-P, all one word. On there, I log little movie reviews, I'll log what I'm watching, and then it's also a nice way to kind of see what I might be covering on the show in the future. Be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast on your podcatcher of choice, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm pretty much on all of them. Be sure to leave five stars and a one to two sentence review about the show uh, so we can grow the audience and then just spread the love all around. Be sure to tune in next week to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast, where I'll be covering 1993's Adam's Family Values. 
the members of the odd Adams family are up to more macabre antics in this sequel. This time around, Gomez Adams and his wife Morticia are celebrating the arrival of a new baby boy, but his siblings, Wednesday and Publicly, are none too happy about the new addition and try their best to eliminate him. In addition, their parents hire a nanny, Debbie Jelinski, whose presence leads to a treacherous twist. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. And remember, before Halloween, before Friday the 13th, before Scream, there was the Saw. Take care. Bye.